Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. What's happening, weirdos? Brent. James Sullivan, that's what's happening. One of one of my absolute favorite episodes ever. I know I say that a lot, but gosh, gosh, just gosh and golly is Brent James Sullivan, a national treasure and just a, a delightful human being and a wonderful conversation that I'm so happy to share with you guys. Uh, here we go. Uh, the world's quickest intro, because I only have a couple tour dates here uh, because the talk show's about to start up, which is incredible. So here they are. Uh, get them get while they're here. It's just Montreal. Uh, Los Angeles, Houston, and Dallas. That's all we have right now. I'll be touring still while the show's going on, but I kind of have to wait and see what's what before we book stuff. So uh, Montreal, if you want to come to that's the Just for Last Festival. That's July 24th through the 28th. The live You Made It Weird is going to be Thursday afternoon. Largo, that's the Los Angeles date, is July 30th for the last final installment of Pete Holmes living at Largo, which has been amazing. We're really going to uh, really, you know, send it off in style. Do people say that? We're going to send the show off in style. It's going to be a good lineup, is what I'm saying. July 30th for tickets, www.largo-la.com. Uh, Houston is Fitzgerald's on August 9th, and Dallas is the Texas Theater on August 10th. Check those out, folks. Folks! Here's the, uh, the, the, the plug, the ad. It's Comedy Central Stand-Up Direct. My special, Nice Try the Devil, is available now on Comedy Central Stand-Up Direct for $5, which means it can be yours for unlimited downloads and streams on any device. All you got to do is go to direct.cc.com, and you can see mine along with 22 other great specials. Uh, it's a new platform. <laughs> you can tell that I just had to jump down a new paragraph. Comedy Central Stand-Up Direct is a new platform that offers unlimited, unlimited streams of downloads of uncut, uncensored, and commercial-free stand-up specials for $5. Great way for fans to experience stand-up at an affordable price, obviously, $5, that directly supports comics with every purchase of their special. Oh, that's nice. Uh, there you go. So you can watch mine. You can watch Todd Berry, uh, Matt Bronger, Hannibal, Bo Burnham, Two Males just came out. All of these are available right now, direct.cc.com. Check it out. Future specials will be available the Tuesday after the Comedy Central premiere. So uh, that's that's how you know how to stay up on top of those. That's it, everybody. Ooh, you can watch Mulaney, new in town. <laughs> it's a good bit. All right, guys, enjoy Brent James Sullivan. Hey, buddy. Just reading some emails, not looking at you. Good way to start. Oh, God. Great, all right. Hey, buddy. Hey, nice to see you. Here's a hug for you. Here's a hug for you. I'm loving that. I love this hug. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. You look well. Well, thank you. I actually have a UTI. I'm on antibiotics for UTI. Ooh, like Tom Hanks in the Green Mile. I think. Remember, he's peeing and it hurts so bad? It hurts so bad. I never had pain, but I had trouble urinating. Tell me, tell me about it. Well, I... Uh, Put on those earphones. I love, I love when you can hear yourself. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I, when I have conversations in real life, I'm like, this isn't as fun. Why can't I hear myself? Brent James, <laughs> let's open a bar called the Podcast Bar, and it, every and table has microphones and earphones, <laughs> and you just kind of like... That's actually... People would listen the more. The best idea. <laughs> as I like lean into the microphone, that's it's the best idea. It's a great idea. idea. <laughs> you put on earphones, everyone has a microphone. Uh, yep. 
Uh, yep. The trouble is, I see people spilling drinks on microphones. Is that Katie? That, is that could be problematic. No, no, we're not going to do it here. We're going to open a bar. Don't yeah, be stupid. We're yeah. going to invest hundreds yeah, of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> but I mean, like, I've joked about uh, doing the You Made a Weird Board Game. It keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it would have different uh, questions or whatever. This would not be for money at all. It would be for uh, giving people this experience for fun or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think it would be, like, lucrative. But then yeah. also the fun would have to be – there would have to be uh, microphones so you can hear yourself. Right. Absolutely. It's essential. It is uh, – by the way, quick, quick question before QQ, we start. before we ask. Can I go to the bathroom if I have to? Of course. I, I've been tra- – all right. All right, totally. Are you afraid of me? <laughs> you, you asked Katie. I love that you opened up your body language. I well, really do. Well, you know, I want to be open. I'm into it. Accommodating. I'm into of you. it. <laughs> you know, I this is that's normally what I say but at the top of the show. But my legs are still a little bit shut off. Right? I got that, but I like that because you, know, you can't start at a hundred. No order to go. Of course, uh, <laughs> you know, I started. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, I cannot. I can't connect if I'm looking out the window. I'm that way too. Oh, can I have a sheet of paper? Yeah, too? you I let, need to like make a forgetful? note. Yeah. Thank you, love. Sure. Here you go. I've never had a guest ask this for paper. This is just uh, for an autograph, Pete. Make it out to Pete. You know the answer. Let me see your autograph. Yep. Best wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so you just write Brent Sullivan. Yeah. We're, and that's, that's barely best, Sullivan. Best wishes. That's best wishes. And that's barely Brent Sullivan. That's it's, like it's, Brent. I think it's pretty nice. Sullivan. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm going to show you yours. mine. Let me see yours. Which would you like to see? Uh, Are you a fan or am I signing a check? I actually want to see both. <laughs> now I want to see both. Let me, to be fair, mm-hmm. because I do love taking focus and then having it, playing the game with me, but we should finish <laughs> playing the game with you. You know what I mean? Sure. I absolutely. robbed you. I, I apologize to you. <laughs> I love the B. It's a you know, strong the, B. I think the the importance you have to start a signature with the with your first the first letter the of your big first letter name, and it's got to be strong Ooh. and bold and forward. But I mean everything else is kind of a wash. Like mm-hmm. yep. W C Fields was probably W C and then he passed out. You yep, know what I mean? Right. Like you got to get those first two. It, it's big the and first strong. letter and the last letter. That's really what matters. Yep. And first first letters and last letters. All right. So let's see. And let's how see. are you crossing T's? You barely cross the T. I, I, yeah, I barely cross the T. It's mostly, it's mostly you, cursive. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind yeah. of a given, but why, I'm going to point way, out. Why do they still teach cursive? I don't know. Can you believe it's how much time symptom. is wasted on that? But isn't how much of school is just to waste your time? And mm-hmm. Seinfeld made this point mm. that uh, education isn't about what you learn. It's learning how to learn. Yeah. So he's like, when you learn algebra, right. and you're like, I'm never going to use this. He's like, I wish my teachers, and now I'm speaking, I wish my sure. teachers had told me what Seinfeld said, which is, it's not about learning algebra. Yeah. It's about learning, learning. It's about learning how to learn algebra. And the, right. learning how to learn algebra, because then you want to be a, a dominatrix. You apply that passion that you had for right. algebra to learning how to spank people. Right, right. Be uh, no J. Brent James. No, yeah, no. James. Okay, that's I actually, telling. I, I never use the James, which that's is fine. my middle name. Uh, really? Yeah. But I mean, everyone uses it. Uh, everyone for stage does. Purposes. I I literally used it in like one joke once, and everyone really. Yeah, yeah and everyone still calls me. I always Dr. call you Brent BJS. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Brent James Sullivan. I'm also afraid. I feel like there's sort of a thing where, like, uh, among some gay guys, like they always use. They have like two first names. Yeah. Like, I'm Anthony I, Jonathan. It's I, like I don't. <laughs> Calling you Anthony. Jonathan. You just reminded me of one of my f- uh, fun gay friends when I was a waiter at Bennigan's, whose name was Giovanni. <laughs> and then if you pushed him, you'd find out his real name was like Nick or yeah. something. You'd be like, "It's enough that it's he was Tony, like a yeah, right. he's like a good looking Latino guy, and yeah. he just hated yeah. his name, so uh, he went with a, a very sassy uh, Giovanni." Can I hear more about Bennigan's? 
Uh, <laughs> can, can, that be, <laughs> can that become the only thing we talk about? Yeah, yes. I can't believe you worked at Bennigan's. We're gonna, I, I'm I gonna also, write, look, I wrote down <laughs> UTI and, and we can talk about being a waiter and, and talk about Bennigan's. One thing I, I would like to point out. Paper, you, <laughs> yes, you can. I'm going through all your paper. Yes, you can. Thank there you, you go. Um, you underlined your, your signature, and yeah, I like that. I do, too. It's definitive. It's strong. It's stuck the landing. You know what? Uh, that's, I think, what makes John Hancock's signature so famous. If you Is look at his actual signature, he does like two underlines. It's like a swirl with a little circle and a line. So it looks like this. Yep. And it, yeah. it's, like, it's like a whole like You know what's funny underscore. is you never think of John Hancock in his house, candle lit, with sheets of paper, which were very expensive at that time. They were? And he's just practicing yeah because i like I, you probably i learned my uh signature in like boring college classes. thousands i mean i literally when i'm writing a check i get nervous when it comes time to sign my name because it's like you're you're like oh i don't want to fuck it up and i only have one check left have you ever been signing so many things like one time I, I think i had a contract or something i had to sign my name so many times by the end like you forget how to spell a word <laughs> i didn't know what to do anymore <laughs> I was like, you think you'd get better, but I lost it. I'll say this: one thing I that blows my mind is that uh, when I'm signing a bunch of things, usually a huge contract. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm when I'm signing a bunch of things, I have to look at my watch for the date every single time. It comes I will. Up. Ne- I'm so happy that you said that, <laughs> and that already has made this one of the greatest podcasts of all time because I will never fill out dental office registration work and remember that it's yep. the seventh from page yep. one to page yep. two. It's a psychological test, it's, and I keep it, waiting for them to realize I'm an idiot. They I know. To come in and be like, it's, you're clearly an idiot. You can't remember. You were I just I don't know why they it. can't fill it in for me. And I don't wear a... Wa- well, thank you. <laughs> That's. I mean, you really got to the heart of the right, issue. Right. What is the woman in the colorful kind of nurse's gown doing all day that she Absolutely. can't fill out some dates on the forms? I am intrigued that you made this about dental offices, though. Well, that's the last time I did it. Oh, and because okay. I don't wear a watch, I have to take out my phone every time. Oh. So it's even more <laughs> obvious that I'm looking at the date. Now, why don't you wear a watch? I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like you the watch. They never. F- no. Oh, no. In <laughs> fact, I always used to. I was just, I was, uh, I was drunk. Fa- I wasn't even drunk, but drunk will give you the attitude of what I was doing. Sure. Drunk Facebooking myself. You uh, know how sometimes you'll stalk a lover? Uh, or- Pete. I absolutely know what you're talking about. Yes. I do that exclusively. That's all it's Lover, for. I, I stalk people whom I've never met. Yes. And I am fat. Years me, doing I have deep, meaningful relationships <laughs> with people who oh. met me once in passing. Oh, I've literally gone to this one dude who lived in Brooklyn. I've gone to his Facebook <laughs> profile. I never met him. Uh for five years. Does Facebook fill it in for I know, you? I know. It, it fills it in. I know what all of his friends look like. I know what his sister looks like. I, know what his, I once saw his sister's uh, fiance on the, on the subway. <laughs> no! Yeah, and I'm like, oh, there's Tony. You know, oh, I, like, my God! I knew- <laughs> you know more about him than I mean, probably her parents. Everyone, his parents. I think everyone does that. I think it's, it's, it's a luxury and you'd be stupid not to do it. Have you ever wondered who does it to you? Yes. I'm convinced no one in the world, but th- it's possible that one or two people go to my Facebook profile. My Facebook is, is public, mm-hmm. and there's thousands of photos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Photos that I've never seen. Right, so, I mean, right. like that's part of why I love going to my own Facebook page and looking through the photos, because they're often photos that other people took or whatever. Yeah. That's Fun great. Fun shows. And yeah. it, it's, it's like uh, – 
you know, we used to have to hire photographers for shows. We still do. Sure. But I mean, now we have, it's crowdsourced. Yeah. Like we did a live, you made it weird on Monday. And then afterwards I go on Instagram and save all the photos that people took because it helps me remember. (laughs) But if you go to the halls of like SNL, (laughs) they got all the photos lining the walls or whatever. I've never seen that. I've seen that on video. Yeah. But they have that. (laughs) And I'm like, that's because they spent thousands of dollars making sure someone was there. Now you don't have to do that anymore. It's, it's, it's one of the good sides of never being present, fully present. It's it's very, (laughs) you know, I will say, I was just telling a friend recently how I've I've made uh, uh, I've just decided that the, I will no longer pose for iPhone photos uh, because I I literally look <laughs> subhuman in every iPhone photo uh, I've ever seen of myself <laughs> and I will uh, I'll be on stage subhuman I look subhuman in all of them I'll be I'll be on stage and you know sometimes if you're on stage and, and you're like oh this is going fine and uh, I love it you wrote Bennigan's on your yeah, so I, I just wrote, going fine I wrote Bennigan I didn't even finish it uh, <laughs> and I I forgot one G there's two G's I believe uh I know that from the John Daly song I think there's two N's right it's B E double N I G something okay you know I'll take Katie? your word for it I don't know why I'm I know how to spell slancha because of the coasters there. S L A I N T E, I believe. Go on. Um, two N's, one G. Two N's, one G. Oh, hmm. So I was right. Um, <laughs> you're on stage and you're like, as someone takes a photo of you, you're like, oh, this is this this is great. I'll, maybe there will be a photo of me on yeah. Facebook tomorrow. Yeah. If it's an iPhone, though, I'm I'm like, I was I got dinner with a friend of mine and she's like, oh, let's take a photo and she took a photo of me and I was wearing my favorite shirt and I swear to God when she showed me the photo, I almost punched her in the face. Really? I was so annoyed. With how terrible I looked, I think I look awful in every iPhone. I'm going to do it. Are you? No. I'll delete <laughs> her. I'll delete her right in front of you. You're going to put me your... in a bad mood if I see the photo. <laughs> really? Uh, Make your best face. I see now. I'm now. There's so much pressure. <laughs> and I'm, and I, see, I don't. I'm actually blocking my face. Stop. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. In the viewfinder, you looked great. <laughs> I mean, those have to Thank be the you. images think, that would have been captured. I think it's when you press go. I think it's when you take that. That's that's just when I. There's just, something like, that happens. Like a reptile. Yeah. Like, yeah. Steve Jobs. Lot of a lot of acid. That fellow. Did you read that book about him? No. Pretty good. I'll save you some time. Yeah. Did a lot of acid. Did he really? Not a lot, but he did it a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, he says that that was one of the most uh, meaningful things in his life, and it really opened really? him up creatively. I remember you were so into shrooms. When we, yeah, back in New York? Back in New York. You, well, that was, uh, yes. I, and I had a, a terrible experience. I'm, I'm a drug prude. I feel like uh, the war on drugs worked only for me. No, it worked was, for me, too. Did you really? I didn't smoke pot till 28. I didn't do shrooms until I was 30. Yeah, wow. Thirty-one. Wow! And I still have only done mushrooms like five times, even though oh, when I we were hanging out like more in New time. York. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would never do that. Okay. I would never do that to the drug. <laughs> yeah, I would never you... <laughs> waste its time. I uh, with with my old roommate Megan Gans, we got uh, yeah, we got shrooms and we did a batch and it didn't work. We did it at eight in the morning. We d- it didn't work, so we waited six hours. We got another batch. Uh, that didn't work. I think you told me that. Yeah, and then we got a third batch, and you're just uh, eating handfuls. We're just eating, you know, a good amount of shrooms, and then on the third batch, I I took the third batch, and like within an hour, I just thought I was gonna die. Like I just thought I was I had OD'd on shrooms, and I was trying to convince her. I was trying to get her to find something online that that said no one has ever died on shrooms. 
and I almost called 911. It was just really? a, it was a really awful experience. Is this the classic story of you didn't wait for them to kick in, so you kept taking more? Who's I don't this th- idiot I mean, drug it, dealer that kept selling well, you that's more? That's the thing. There was this dude who in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg, who sold shrooms in like fancy chocolates. Oh. Yeah, he was. He had like a great reputation too, and we bought two rounds from him, and it just didn't. It didn't really work until the third, and then they all and then kicked the, and in. Then presumably, I, I guess, but I still didn't like. I feel like the description was like it's like a mild hallucinogen, right? You were waiting. Would you would have felt something? Yeah, I'm not talking about see, like in the movies. It's always like Mr. Clean comes <laughs> yeah. in, and he's like, "I'm here to the clean your talks. soul." Yeah, <laughs> one time I took them, and I had the most hack experience. My brain really? was so typical. The walls were yeah. bleeding. You know, not bleeding, but like running. Yeah, everything was waving, and I was yeah. like. Uh, what is this? A movie where they took them? Like I get it. I'm on mushrooms. Obvious. Yeah. Although that was terrifying. I hate it. That was. But you said so that was the one bad time. That was the one bad time. Yeah. And since then, I, I, I it's not because of that. I don't. I, I don't have the brain to torch down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's That's not just I because I need my too. brain. I don't have the surplus that I think I. I when we were starting yeah. and you're just kind of like doing shows two, three times a week and sure. they're pretty low stake and stuff, I felt like I had a silo full of brain cells that yeah. I was like, torch them, boys. Right, right. And now I'm, I'm older and, I'm, yeah. and there's more pressure on me and I'm terrified that like the next thing I take, even alcohol, yeah. next thing I do is going to kill the thing that's like, that would have formulated the perfect thing to say in that interview or yeah. whatever it yeah. is. I, uh, I I just think for me it's just a, a sense that I'm just not nearly as smart as I should be, and so I feel like I shouldn't be. God doing, bless you. You. But said, I also drink a ton. Yeah, we all drink. Everybody yeah. drinks. You you still drink, right? I don't. I haven't been drinking oh, okay. for months. I also haven't been jerking it. That. What's your philosophy on jerking it? Actually, this is. It's funny you say that because I I'm know it's midst, funny. Let's. Keep uh, we talked about I masturbation a couple drinking <laughs> and jerking it, but it, but Brent James, yeah. to give you, and then I'm done. I when are we going to start the podcast? I know, right? I, not, this is just warming up. I haven't jerked it in like 12 days, and I'm, I'm into it. I'm, it's like being on a weird drug. Well, you know, this is actually – it's interesting you say that because I'm in the midst of – I'm <laughs> quitting porn right now. Uh, there you go. Well, that's a byproduct. Sorry to keep interrupting. I'm no, just not excited at all. you're here, and I'm excited <laughs> about what we're talking about. I'm just saying I was getting like sweet Pete, golden yeah, boy Pete. Yeah. Which was surprising himself now that he's out on his own and can do whatever the fuck he wants. No one's there. He yeah. lives alone and he has internet. Yeah. Was getting into a habit to help himself sleep would just watch the most graphic shit, yeah. jerk it, That's and exactly. fall asleep. That's exactly what is that what doing happens. to us psychologically? Well, I, I can tell you because I literally, like, <laughs> almost, I think it was nine weeks ago, yeah. I, I was masturbating and I was just, like, barely hard. <laughs> and. <laughs> I was just barely hard for yourself, for myself, for alone you. in my room. No pressure, no just pressure you. at all. Just try it. your old friend, your my dick. Old, You've known him your I whole was life. Watching one of my favorite porns, your faves, <laughs> an old standard, and and I just like basically flaccid came and <laughs> and and you can do that. Uh, I, I became well, this, well, this is, so. This is what happened. So for for a couple, so for like between a month and a couple years ago, yeah. starting a couple years ago, and then and then it really got bad like a, a couple months before I quit porn. I had like a series of sexual side effects from from that I didn't know at first was from looking at too much porn. Hit it. And uh, so, all right. 
It takes two so, to make a thing go right. That song. I had that song in my head all the time. Well, I mean, actually, it's funny that I said hit it and it made me think of that song. Because if I, could, if I may interject. <laughs> Please. I'm going to interject. I was talking to uh, a guest on the show. He's actually a pastor. His name's Rob Bell. We were talking about okay. pornography. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't coming at it like, don't think of a typical pastor person. I, he's I like, didn't. He's like the coolest dude in the yeah, world. I, I didn't assume you had like an evangelical yeah, on the no, show. No. <laughs> Like He's, Fred Phelps comes. No, out. no, no, and we got to talk about Freddie Phelps because sure. I, I want to. I'd love to hear all your thoughts about that. Yes, write that down, please. Um, but anyway, we were talking about pornography. We were talking about drugs, mm-hmm. yeah, almost in the exact order we were. We just did it. Where yep. I was like, if a, if a pastor, or somebody, or any sort of uh, authority figure, when I was a, a youth, told me don't do drugs, I was like, that's not interesting. But if you're like, don't yeah. do drugs. I mean, you can, but you should know that it's going to take up some of your energy that maybe you would be using for something else. Right. That would make sense. Similarly, he was like, pornography is having an effect yes. on uh, sexual relationships mo- in modern times. And the way that – this is – I'm quoting him right now. Sure. I didn't read this, but he was saying, a lot of dudes are having a hard time getting fuck done because they're used to stimulating themselves so intensely yes. and for such prolonged periods of time where evolutionarily we're designed to get aroused, blow a load, and be done. Yep. Now we're like extending that euphoria, yep. that synthetic euphoria, for hours potentially, keeping a softy going, flaccid coming, yep. Yep. And, then, and then when you get down to the business it's not just that your lover is boring yeah it's not that your lover isn't 15 partners and a and you know mm-hmm. hot you know they just they can't sex. compete it can't compete and your brain just isn't used to like delivering yeah it's not used to feeling that like it's sex time activate the sex yeah. chain get the dick come the dick go to yeah. sleep it's like we got hours who cares you you literally lose the ability and this is what i had so i i i stopped uh, waking up with morning wood. That was one of the side effects. There you go. Uh, I had that'll do something. Difficulty to a man. getting an erection when I was with like a, an actual person. Sure. Um, uh, one of the big ones, and this really freaked me out, was uh, for years. You know, I get nervous like the first time you're with someone. Sure. So I've always had like a couple Viagra in, yeah, there you uh, go. in my in my bathroom, and I will use it. And it's by the way. The greatest drug of all time. It does exactly uh, what it says. It does. I know. Uh, Brent Have James Sullivan. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I And it's always because uh, Mulaney used to have this wonderful bit where he was like, how can yeah. you not be nervous? This is his line. Yeah. On your knees, naked on a bed, rolling on a condom. I was like, first of all, Mulaney doesn't normally go there. Yeah. But I've, he did that bit once. So mm-hmm. the, the anxiety <laughs> associated with the first time you're with somebody it's, and the fact that we live in a time where there is a pill that can... I used to have a bit about it. Yeah. I said a friend of mine gave me some Viagra. I call my doctor my friend. Yeah. And, and like just the shame associated <laughs> with so it. It's so true. Average age I believe, uh, for Viagra prescriptions is 30. Keep going. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's true. I mean, I don't even take my shirt off with the lights on. Even when I'm with someone who I think and or know is into me. Really? It's still like, yeah, shirt, shirt off, lights off. Is that some gay shit? Because, uh, because gay men tend to be more gorgeous. I know I'm being, <laughs> I'm being stereotypical. You know what I mean? Tend to be more into their bodies. I know sure. there are all different shapes sure, and sizes. Sure, I hear you, man. But I am a straight man, and <laughs> I do not have a great body, and the shirt comes off fearlessly. Does it really? Fearless. So you're, you, so. Love it. 
I'm like, deal with this. And then I unveil, like cutting a ribbon at town hall. I'm like, this is it. Grand opening. The seduction is over. This is going to be against you in a moment. And then it's mashing on them and moving in ways. Well, you're also, you're not looking at someone who looks like you. That too. And so, so so when I'm with someone and I I feel like I'm the, I'm the kind of douchebag that like, I, I I prefer to go home with someone who is better looking than me. Sure. So I, I'll I'll go home much less often than like a friend or something. I get laid much less often. But when I do, right. it's like with someone you're like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm batting way out of my league. Yeah, yeah, today. yeah. Like a trophy guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so so when that happens, it's like, well, I'm not I'm not getting naked in front of. There's no way you could be. I've into me. never thought of the mirror aspect where yeah. everything. And I'm not trying to be crude right out of the gate or or, or sexual right yeah. out of the gate. But even yeah. like dick comparison, <laughs> when you're sure. with a girl. Yep. There's dick comparison thoughts, I suppose. I feel fine about my dick. Sure. It's come up on the show before. Do you want to show me? I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I really, actually, Katie, why don't you stop it real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm with a lady. No, I love you. I'm with a lady. I'm I'm competing. My I'm having a dick competition with a ghost of a shadow of a memory of her former lover. Right, right. You know what I mean? The last right, one. Right. Because if she's anything like me, p- private parts tend to be erased after yeah. six months. Like I don't, yeah. I can't remember nipples <laughs> and different shapes. Sure, that's true. Like it goes away. Yes. You, I couldn't sketch my ex-wife naked for the life of me. I couldn't do it. I don't remember what her, anything looks like. But that might be some oppression years. there. Well, it is. It's deep, yeah. deep repression. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> right. I'm teasing. But it's also true of other people. Like, I tend to forget. I tend to forget. Yeah. So anyway, I'm dealing with the shadow of a memory. You're dealing... There's another one there's in another the room. another one right in front of you. There's one right in front of you. Who might and look it, a lot better. And fuck looks. It might be performing better. Mm-hmm. It might be... Uh, like Younger. Men have to achieve erections. So you're achieving this yeah. thing... I can't imagine the pressure of another dude being like, I'm ready, where are you? And is that just the time where you're like, let's just get to you first? I mean, yeah. I yeah. I, I, I spend a lot of time just kind of focusing on that or mm-hmm. <laughs> on him. But yeah, it, <laughs> it's – I don't, I don't know if I've ever had <laughs> – I don't know if I've ever had a sexual encounter that went well. No, <laughs> that no, That went like no, real in which no. you were like, that was, that was great. No, I'm the re- best. Really? <laughs> I have, but I also, I will say, I have a lot of hookups, you've, and I think you've I'll, never think like slam dunk your dirty laundry <laughs> into the hamper never. and been like, "This is how I do it." I don't think so. Never. Uh, I don't think but, I've ever had. I mean, I've st- you know, it's been good before, but I, I've never been like that. Would like I just fucking blew it out of the water. I've never, I've never felt like I just blew it. What out about of the water. in like a? Have you been in a long relationship? No, I also uh, haven't been in a long relationship. Just the hookups. Uh, seven mm. weeks is the new record. Uh, recent? Yeah. Yeah, that was recent. Uh-huh. Uh, Who's ending these Barely. Uh, usually me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that was at the guess. But I mean, like, t- typically people don't just end up getting broken up with so much that they are only doing hookups. That's yeah. like a – that's a mission statement. It's yeah. on your crest and you're just doing it. I'm beginning to wonder – I joke that my heart is probably too cold for love, I, but I've just <laughs> never – I've just never been close. Like, I love my parents. Katie's sad. <laughs> Uh, I love my parents. I love uh, some of my friends. Yeah. Uh, I love a handful of porn, but like outside of that, I, I just don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm not entire. And, and I. But listen, how old are you? Twenty nine. You're, you're youngin. 
You're uh, a young man. Yeah, but I also think by 29, and I'm not. I'm not saying I'm, I've given up, but I think by 29, I probably would have been in one at I, this point, right? According to who? Hollywood. <laughs> That's true. And, and gay men, you've always been gay. We didn't yeah. have like a, a straight phase no, that you like no. were repressing. Yeah, never. Had a repression. Phase. So you've always been gay. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, people that listen to this show just know what I'm reading. And I, currently I'm reading The Ethical Slut. Have you read that book? <laughs> no. It's just about uh, people that want to be with lots of different people. Because yeah. so many people that come on the show are polyamorous. And I'm just like, all yeah. right, I'm going to read this book. It's fascinating. Even if you're I, – I told my therapist today, I was like, it's like reading a book about the occult. Whether or not you want to be in the occult, right. it's an interesting read. It's, yeah, absolutely. I'm tearing through it. And they're really big on, on the gay men. Saying that most of the standards of practice that everybody uses in uh, open, sex-positive sort yeah. of ways came from the gay men community. That's interesting. Everybody's borrowing it. The lesbians are borrowing it. The bisexuals are borrowing it. Yeah. And, and heterosexuals are borrowing it from this kind of like mutually respective, uh, respectful. Respectable. Respectable. <laughs> depending respectful. on yeah, how <laughs> open-minded right. people are. Yeah. yeah, I certainly think respectable. Respectful. Full right and like honest. They were talking about how like in the gay community, people like no kind of means no. People can hit on people a little bit more co- yeah. uh, obviously, yeah. and people can shoot it down a little bit more obviously. Yeah. And there's less games and stuff. And they're like that is the model yeah. for everybody that's trying to do just hookups, which is what you've been doing. But yeah. you're saying that might not be working. For well, you. I, I was actually going to say I don't. What I don't like about well, one of the many things I don't like about the gay community is that. Uh, <laughs> Is that it is sometimes it is too honest, and I think I think in a lot. Sometimes I feel like I'll meet. Uh, I was actually just telling, what was I? T- I was at a party recently, and I was just talking about how I I feel that gay men, gay men, that gay men they they, <laughs> I love that, uh, gay men tend to have uh, the aggressiveness and competitiveness of a male, but with like the cattiness of sometimes uh-huh. the cattiness of a, of a female. Uh, and so, like, kind of the worst. And that's I literally. And the guy I was talking to was like, "That's me, girl." And I'm like, "That's the worst thing I just. Yeah. Exp- I mean, that's the worst person. You, Why would you, you shoplifted the worst part? <laughs> the worst like, parts of both genders. The thing that often rubs women the wrong way is the guys. That, and they talk about this in the book. The guys that go up in singles bars, this yeah. is the older book, would go up to people and just be like, "I know you wanted you fuck yeah yeah." yeah. And it's like. Yeah. Gross, yeah, and then you have bitchiness or cattiness is a much better way to cattiness put it. is cattiness, it's, it, and it's so fr- it makes me so angry. And uh, I actually I remember I used to like in bars I would like because I go to bars alone occasionally if like I have no one to I'm not going to bring like a like, lieutenant right <laughs> just mulling <laughs> over the case. Yeah. Uh, I um, well they drink in cars alone. I think they that's do. They do. They do. Kyle Canane. I do. I'm thinking. I'm now remembering. I used to be. Uh, uh, I actually used to be really good at getting drunk and then going to a bar alone uh, in New York. And uh, and I would go and if and I would usually hit on gay bar. Yes, gay, gay bar. Uh, <laughs> I would if you I would just, like. <laughs> if I can take it off gay just for a second, yeah. you're just a treasure. You are. You got one of the most treasure. unique, effortless comedy <laughs> voices I've ever known. Well, you are very kind. Nope. Me and me and Mulaney were making fun of uh, resenting Ron Funches as a joke. Neither yeah, of us yeah. do. And Mulaney was like, "I hate how you just know who he is the moment he gets on stage, and how you get he, his perspective. But you're the same way. It's Nobody's true. like you. Well, it's, 
very sweet. Nobody's like you. I love Ron, and I think I knew him like twice before I gave him like the biggest hug. I mm-hmm. just like uh, I just love the guy. That's what we're fucking talking about, and that <laughs> is the highest compliment. Kirk Fox just did the podcast, and we were talking about meeting each other yeah. at a party and how we were drawn to each other. I love having those conversations where it's like mm-hmm. there was something approachable about you. Yes, and this is that. I, I don't mean to keep steering it back to gay, but as even as a straight man, I'm like, I like that I attracted a male friend, even yeah. in a non-sexual way, where I'm just kind of like, oh, there's something you wanted to get to know about uh, me. I even if like it wasn't like, like, let's suck dicks. Even if it's you know like what I mean? one in 500, you meet that like person. I say it's usually every two years you meet someone, you're like, oh my God. Right. This is like my soulmate friend right like my soul friend my soul friend (laughs) yeah and they don't usually fall away you know you when you meet them and you and you hang out enough you're like oh there's i'm oh i'm gonna talk to you once a week for the rest of my life hey brent fucking a (laughs) i love that we're all looking for and it always happens not not to say i want to take kirk out of this just because it's making me uncomfortable because i don't want to predict what that friendship will be like but in my life (laughs) you have those moments and we're all so hungry for them where you meet somebody romantically socially whatever and you're just kind of like what the fuck is happening right now why is this so great and that's what and you become giddy you remember what it's i mean how often i mean i i think you're a gregarious wonderful guy Thank i you. don't laugh that much in yeah. my life yeah. i don't like literally like lose my shit or laugh that hard or watch i there's so <laughs> many shows the simpsons is my favorite show ever yes and i don't laugh when i watch it i just smile and i'm happy inside Interesting. but that's it yeah and then like once in a while you meet that friend who like makes you laugh so hard and you're like this is what it was like to be in third grade again yeah i feel most of my life is devoted towards because I had a great childhood. I really enjoyed my childhood. Yeah. And I, I love my adulthood, too. I'm very lucky. But uh, uh, I feel like still most of my life is devoted to, like, feeling like how safe and comfortable I felt when I was a kid. That's so great. Do you, I, do you get that? Did you, I think you had a good childhood. I did you? have a good childhood for the most part. My parents argued. That's it. We've, we've uncovered all the, all the skeletons <laughs> in the closet. They were a bit of, uh, my father's a bit of a drinker, but he's sure. not abusive or anything, but a little bit uh, arguing I support him with nonetheless. my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love my dad to death. And yeah. he did, this is some AA shit. I didn't go to AA, but he did the best he, he could, mm-hmm. you know, and he killed it. I really think he did a great, great job. They argued, and that made me addicted to peacemaking. Yeah. That made me addicted to resolving conflicts. Right. And that made me – I used to break up fights, you yep. know what I mean, and, and put on shows so there wouldn't be fights. Yeah. So I'm even grateful for that. I right. wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Sure. But when I – if you wanted me to summarize my childhood, I'd say, yes, I have a very good childhood. Here's, here's one thing that I want to put to you. Uh-huh. Is I remember being a kid and looking at cocktail parties. My parents would have like a cocktail party. And you'd come out at the earlier part of the cocktail party before you go to bed and you're looking around. And I remember being like, grown-ups talk fake. You know what I mean? Like I remember (laughs) realizing that and being like, why aren't they chasing each other and laughing and being silly or or just like speaking more honestly? Because I could tell they were like, well, you know, in the primary you can (laughs) – I still can't do it. You can't do it for more I than five words. You well, even... <laughs> the pro- you can't have a stock like that and not can... go public and double in value. I, that's all I got. It's like it's like when someone asks you to come up with ten random names. You can't you can't yeah. do it. You're like Bill Anderson, Jim Anderson, uh, 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 Ken Bill. You know, that's and your right. Head explodes. But that couldn't th- fake a real conversation. I can't, and I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm very proud, proud of, of that. Very that proud barbershop of shut down, and they, they <laughs> that is that what people are talking about? <laughs> the barbershop, barbershop stocks shutting down. <laughs> shut down. And no, that neighborhood will never be the same. That was the that was the hub of the neighborhood. Uh, but you're talking about regaining, and this is a life yeah. goal, right? Regaining mm-hmm. 
I was thinking about this today, Brent James mm-hmm. Sullivan. Today, on the ride over, I was thinking about what would it be like? Because I'm getting so tired of yeah. being a grown-up. I'm yeah. tired that there's all this clutter in my attic, yeah. that there are the things I talk about, the people I know, the things I do. I'm just like, remember when you were a kid and you were just like, I got plenty of room. Yeah. Just like a lot of room up there. I, I still remember. I actually, for a second, thought you actually had an attic, and I got distracted because I was so <laughs> jealous. Uh, <laughs> nope. uh, I distinctly remember... Um, when I was a kid, I would take because I'd seen magicians do this. I would take a one dollar bill, yes, fold it up, you know, like blow on it, and then truly, yes. expect it to become a five dollar bill. Like, yeah. like, genuinely, if you just did it right, yep. And and I I feel like I missed that sort of shit. Like when Buddy, you believed in ghosts. Like remember when you it. could have believed in ghosts. You're killing it. Well, and now I you're... don't see. I don't believe in ghosts. See, and I, I, I like... would believe in that stuff. <laughs> I I would why <laughs> why do you I, <laughs> because there are a couple there are a couple instances where people like more than one person sees the same thing sort of thing fair enough I don't know man no I man mean, like, I support you I, no it's completely <laughs> legit and believe me the audience is starving for someone to laugh at me when I believe in like everything. But the, you do. You're kind of spiritual, aren't you? The well, kind of. But the weird thing is, is that I'm also simultaneously, and this is true, completely open to your side of things. Are there ghosts? Occam's razor. Let's shave with it. Yeah. No. Right. There aren't. Right. But I mean, the, Kirk Fox was on the show, and he's talking about being a kid. He just told a ghost story last episode. Mm-hmm. He, tell, he told a story. He was sleeping in his bedroom, and he heard uh, a baby taking a bath. Okay. And he got up and he opened the window because it was like outside the window. He looks outside. Of course, there isn't a baby taking a bath, but okay. he, it was so loud that it woke him up. Okay. Next day, he tells his mother, I'm going to tell this real fast. Tells his mother, I had a weird dream that I, I heard a baby taking a bath and it woke me up. Mm-hmm. And she was like, um, she turns goes white. And then it was the 50-year anniversary of when this baby had drowned in a pond behind the house mm-hmm. that they had filled with cement, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But it was the, that was the night that the baby died. Yeah. So, look. I mean, uh, it's, yeah. it's got all the earmarks of a ghost story. He was sleeping, right. you know what I mean. So right. we're already kind of like yeah. out of it. Did Kirk see a ghost? Probably not. Did Jenny Slate see a ghost? She told another one. Probably not. Did, yeah. Do I want to live in a world where that stuff happens? Absolutely. Every day, <laughs> I will buy a yep. ticket every day yep. to that show. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I feel like I get enough interest thinking that there were probably there's probably uh, intelligent life somewhere, and that that's that's like my ghost. Where like, yeah. in fact, two of my closest uh, friends whom I trust with my life, yeah, uh, were in Brooklyn. Is this? I know these people. Yeah, G- yeah, Jesse Pop and Vince Avery. Oh, I didn't know. I was going to say JP and <laughs> VA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, no, I, no. I don't think this is a story that I just remember of. Jesse Pop, who needs to do the show, by the way, didn't like talking about it at first. Uh, yeah, so man, I feel no, so no, no. Like I, dude, but it's, yeah, it's come up uh, before this. Yeah, so this story has they come were up on a a a, por- a a patio in Brooklyn. Yep, and they're with a couple other friends, even, and someone just says UFO, and they look up and they see. Like this, like, you know, these three lights rotating and it just kind of darts across the, the sky for 15 seconds and then just disappears. Yeah. And uh, which, uh, you know, you've heard that anecdote a thousand times. But, it was, but, it but was, if you Google it, as I have after I heard right. that story, it, it's called like the Dorito shaped. Like because they're yep. often orange and they look like tortilla chips. Yep. And they're very, very fast. And they do that sort of playful light and thing. And other people in Brooklyn saw it that night. And What? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there were uh, other people in Williamsburg who saw the same thing because there's like a website you can go to. And what website? I, 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 okay, I, I forget. Sorry, but just to me, it was like these. It's like if your parents told you this. Yeah. I trust those guys so much that like 
there would be, there would be no reason for them to make that up. Mm-hmm. I, 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 they also would never say that it was a UFO. They wouldn't say it's an alien. They but would just th- right, say, it could be something. our military for sure. I mean, like, sure, no it, or it could be that. any any I guess number of things. But it definitely was. It, I, that was like the first time in my life. I'm like, I guess I have to kind of believe that these things actually. This exist. comes up every time we have this conversation. I'll keep it short. Me and Kumail and Emily watched a show on the History or the Discovery Channel. Those mm-hmm. are kind of you know interchangeable to me. Yeah, either you're discovering about Hitler or you're learning. <laughs> the history of Hitler either way uh, but they had the top 10 multi-witness UFO sightings in history right and it was indefensible blow your dick off yeah. sort of like oh yeah. there are UFOs for sure I'm yeah. talking about like people seeing things the size of a football field slowly going over a populated city and like people report it and then it, they come up with some cover story and we let it go but <clears throat> But that's what we do. We let things go as a species. We we we, we definitely let that go because that was that was like one of the you know we were believing everything from WikiLeaks for a while and wasn't there like there was one of the leaks was actually about like sort of I don't I I don't know the exact content but it was sort of about how there was like this unidentified thing or something. Oh, I don't. Read I, that I, I, I I I don't read that. I only read headlines, secrets. so I know almost nothing. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> about the world. My uh, feeling about WikiLeaks is I go those are secrets. You shouldn't look. It's like reading the government's diary. <laughs> Even if we have the key, I don't, I'm not yeah, going to read it. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so there was one about a secret object? Yeah, I think so. And it just sort of totally slipped under the radar. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, at the same time, though, you know, how many billion people have a, have a phone with them at all times now? I mean, within five, I mean, right? Well, what these, we know, days, these, these days, days, that's why I'm kind of like, I, 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 next time something like that happens, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say something that's so stupid. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's so stupid. I want you to know something very clearly before I tell you this. Okay. I don't necessarily believe what I'm about to tell you. All right. But I'm still about to tell I'm, it to I'm you. I'm almost concerned. <laughs> to be that dumb. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> but it's uh, spiritual new agey nonsense yeah. likes this story. Yeah. The, stu- the sort of stuff I'm into. Um, Tells the story of when the original Native Americans were here and the ships were coming in, Columbus's ships. Okay. The story is, why didn't the Native Americans see the ships coming? Because you would have seen them a long way out and been like, here they come. They're coming. Let's get ready or right. let's talk about it. The story is – and now I'm already building the counter argument. How do we know this? Who told them that? Yeah. The story is that the the shaman, the, the village shaman saw them first because he – because the idea was yeah. you never knew to look for something like a ship because they didn't have ships. They didn't have ships like that. Yeah. Imagine big fucking ships like that, mm-hmm. multi-sailed, you know. Uh, where, where's Columbus from? I'm an idiot. Italy. It's the Spain, I think. Spain. Okay. Right? So Spanish ships. Sure. Yeah, that's right. The Nina. The, the, Pinta, the Pinta. The Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. <laughs> Santa Maria. That sounds yeah. Spanish. So they're coming. Uh, and the idea is the medicine man sees them first. Okay. And then he goes around to the other people and – however you want to phrase this. If I'm being new agey, I would say he woke them up and enabled them to see it as well by saying that it's there and their eyes opened up to the possibility or he just fucking pointed it out. But the idea was they were on the horizon, they didn't see him, and then they suddenly saw them when he said that they were there. (coughs) Similarly... Yep. Can I end the story? Is that? Yeah, that story's <laughs> that's story's over. I was gonna say because I, it, I just, I just, 
I, I didn't know. I never knew. I never know what to believe when it comes to shamans. Uh, but no, continue. Sham wow. Sham wow. It's like a dirty cloth with chicken bones in it. Uh, uh, the idea is that there could be things around us that we're just not seeing, literally, yeah. because there there is information. Sure. Okay. This kind of thinking starts with the idea that our that there's more that we see. Our brains and our eyes prioritize things. Yeah, I'm out of my depth. No, no, no. I, and I'm I, no, make I know. This fast, I know. I know what you and mean. And it's over. I, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean when I when I when I hear a story about two people or a person having some sort of a uh, you know out of body experience or um, sure. or or knowing something is going to happen before it happens. Uh, yeah, sometimes you wonder. You know, is it is it a psychic ability or is it more just like you know maybe they were just kind of they're a certain part of our brain that we can't we haven't been able to Some identify sort of, yet yeah, was yeah, able yeah. to cue in on one thing real quick before right. I don't know like a vivid yeah. past life flashback like, like how often this happens occasionally when you're in like a you're at a party or you know uh, you think of someone and then you see them like ten minutes later like someone you yeah. haven't seen in like two years yeah. actually one of the weirdest this is I'm going to say that of a, stuff happens to me at least once a week oh really yeah. This is actually one of the weirdest uh, – this is a little, just more just like a, a surreal coincidence. But I was uh, walking in the West Village once and uh, I walked past uh, this dude. Uh, I saw this dude who I thought was this model uh, who I had masturbated to a couple times. We'll get back to that. All right. Uh, All right. And I was like, oh my god, that's this guy. That's this guy, R- Ryan. Uh, so I, I sort of did this where I'm like I want to see if it's actually this person. So I walked ahead – and then stopped like a block ahead, and I like took out my phone and waited for him to walk by, and it wasn't him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I was just—it uh, looked a lot like him, but it officially was not him. So I was like, sort of like, I guess defeated, and I walked to the L train like 20, 20 blocks away. I got on the L train, put my head down right before my stop. I picked my head up, and I swear to God, oh, sitting across from me was the actual guy I yeah. masturbated to, who I'd never known, met, or seen in my entire life. And I literally thought I—I I thought I saw him. 30 minutes before I, f- I yeah. finally saw him for the first time and only time in my life. I mean, two schools, all right? <laughs> Mine, fucking A, that means yeah. something. Or two, it's nothing. Right. Here, let me make an argument for two, though, and right. one at the same time. Sure. Every episode of this podcast, pretty much, something will come up. It's already happened to us. And mm-hmm. I'll say, Brent, I was thinking about, or whoever the guest is. Sure. I was thinking about that today, on the ride over. What was oh. it today? Do you remember? <laughs> Something came up yeah. and you were saying something very yeah. specific. Right. And I said, I thought of that. Right. Not earlier today, but as I was driving here to this <laughs> podcast, I thought of that. Okay. Let's take that to side one. Spiritual stuff sure. is real. Sure. Um, that's me manifesting some sort of conversation. It's weird. It's a coincidence. I'm about to merge. I'm going to use yeah. this language freely. Yeah. I'm going to merge with your energy. I'm projecting. I'm manifesting. It's going to happen. Yep. That's why it came up. Or, mm-hmm. and this is what my lovely listeners have helped me realize. It's, con- it's like I'm bringing that into the conversation. It's, it's sitting in my subconscious. It's like there. Mm-hmm. The thought is there. It's cooking. It's been cooking. That's what's on my mind. We're talking, mm-hmm. and I steer you that place. And then I have this confirmation bias, which comes up a lot, and I go, <laughs> see, what I'm thinking about comes out of your mouth. But I kind of like a magician put it in your way. Uh, let me ask you a question. I was thinking about this earlier. Do you, are you an atheist? Do you believe in God? I do believe in God in, yeah. in a way. Yeah. I don't know what that means, though. I'm looking for God every, everywhere. Yeah, because you, were, you were raised really Catholic, right? Uh, Protestant, but yeah. Okay, all right. Cause I, uh, I'm I a was... Christ-leaning spiritual person. <laughs> I have I have Christ preferences. I was actually just telling someone I was actually raised an atheist, uh, and uh, but I I don't tell people that I'm an atheist because they're the worst ambassadors 
to Who? their message. Atheists are? Atheists are terrible at getting their point. They're so condescending. <laughs> well, like I remember in, in New York, every year they would always get like – they would get like an advertisement on the subway mm-hmm. around Christmas time. And every year I would like see you know the headline on a blog, you know, Atheist Buy Billboard or something. And sure. you just knew like the, the content of the billboard was going to be like, dear Jesus-loving Fucking idiots! <laughs> you idiots well, love atheists. Right, right, right. <laughs> we, we here. I, I always uh, try my best to represent atheists because I'm not a, an yeah. atheist, but I, I I do have sincere love for them. Sure. So, just like Christianity <laughs> isn't the, isn't okay, <laughs> isn't the uh, isn't the fundamentalist. Like I'm not Jerry Falwell, <laughs> right. even though I'm a, I'm as far from him as you could get. I, right. I suppose. But so those extremists, those people probably don't represent atheists either. So I understand right. what you're saying, right? But there are other ones. You know what it is? is I, again, I was saying this in therapy. Is, is like I get science. It gets me off. When you want to break down what we are on a cellular level and sure. all that sort of stuff, or you want to tell me about how we're stardust, or you want to tell me how the universe is expanding, or the right. multiverse is expanding, right. all that stuff really it makes my dick hard. I'm into it, <laughs> and I love it. Great. Sure. I, but fundamentally, I go, you're not saying shit. That's mm-hmm. honestly my, in my gut. I'm like, you're saying words and you're breaking things down and yeah. you're sharing data. Some people, it fulfills them and that's fine. I wouldn't take that from them. But then there's people like me and I go, we're still here in this moment. Yeah. There's all these colors. There's all this light. Yeah. There's sound. And I know you can tell me sound waves and I know you can tell me about the cones and the rods in my eyes and how I'm perceiving and sensory stuff. And I'm just right. like... It doesn't do it for me. It's not music. It's not poetry, and it doesn't explain the absurdity <clears throat> yeah. of existence for yeah. me. I don't know. I just, that might be a flaw on my part. No, I, I don't blame you at all. I, I just don't think I'm smart enough to 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 be able to know what you know to, to really grasp how you know as cliche as it sounds how in, insignificant I am. I sure, mean, we literally we spend our. Katie leaves the room and her fucking phone. Fucking phone you fucking. Uh, <laughs> Dear Katie, Jesus <laughs> loving idiot. You fucking idiot. idiot. Someone bought a billboard to shit on Katie? <laughs> How bizarre. You should get a Kickstarter for that. <laughs> sorry, uh, you. what were you saying? I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, shoot. Um, we're talking about insignificant. I would never. Oh, yeah, I'm just not smart enough to. to, to uh, you know, wait, oh, that's right. We spend our entire lives doing. Uh, you know, a, a good thing, but like you know, making people. I mean, in the scheme of the world, in, in the scheme of of this, if this of this universe, like making people laugh is so insignificant. Sure. So it's like, why would I spend? Why would I spend any time thinking about how insignificant I am? I guess I, even though I am an atheist, I don't believe in all this shit. I just I don't this I don't take it there back, because it this just goes it back makes to me ego. Actually. Sad. I, I hear I heard what you said. It, yeah. I, it goes back to ego. I think it goes back to you never feeling like you crushed it in the bedroom. I honestly <laughs> think, and this is where science really, I really dig it. You want to bring in psychology and that sure. sort of stuff, and talk about my psychology as this wishy washy spiritual leaning person. Yeah. Okay. What am I? A little bit narcissistic, a little bit egotistical, and a little bit inherently in my bones confident. Yeah. Meaning there have probably been sexual encounters I've had where I'm like crushed it and the other person was like, <laughs> like that what? was garbage. <laughs> so you're saying you don't have that feeling in, in the bedroom some, or you've sure. never had it and you're, and you're feeling insignificant. Yeah. I would sit and tell you that making people laugh is everything. Yeah, I could see on your face that you didn't agree. I didn't (laughs) agree. You didn't agree with that at all. But in the same way that everything is everything. Yeah. 
in the way that we can make ev- nothing, everything is nothing, you can say everything is everything. Getting a good haircut could inf- – so a barber or a bricklayer or whatever you want to say might be an insignificant job. Yeah. Or not an insignificant but not a socially, ooh, you're a barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could – that interaction with a person could change them. You could either tilt, uh, nudge them towards lightness or darkness, which is going to change – how they interact at a bar, it's going to change who's born, how they're raised. That person becomes the president. That person does – I'm not anti-abortion – doesn't get an abortion <laughs> or, or does get an abortion sure. and that person was going to be a monster right. or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm with you. Everything yeah. is nothing. Yeah. But that also means everything is everything. That means everything is everything. But the, but yeah. it's interesting, the chemistry, the gray matter of my brain makes me – you got a phone call. I'm not being rude. You did get a phone call. I'm not like you, you bitch. <laughs> um, Although we did actually say that. We did say gone. that a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm totally teasing. The underpaid and overworked Katie Levine, everybody. Uh, anyway, I think it does come down to my psychology. Mm-hmm. I think in my marrow, I will be a believing type person. Yeah. And when I meet somebody, they do the show all the time where they go, TJ Miller, one of my great friends, Luca Jones was just on the show. These guys that are just like, that doesn't do it for me. The wind in my sails really is, uh, no, this is synapses firing and this is this and this yeah. is patterns and all that. Yeah. And it's all meaningless or whatever. I, I, I See, think you could find it in our brains. It's interesting because I think it's like your description is fair and I think in your description I'm realizing maybe I'm a pessimist. Maybe I don't, I don't like really <clears throat> value everything in my life. However, at the same time, I feel like as a comedian, like all you're, all you're doing is building a body of work that just immortalizes you. Uh, yeah. In a certain regard, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm anything I'm doing or will ever be immortalized, but like in a very no, very it. small way. The goal is to have a group of people applaud when you walk on stage. Yeah. To, uh, you haven't done anything, and right. to regard you as something special and all that sort of stuff. To that, I say, and I didn't even realize I had all these defenses. Yeah. That's why I love your Batmans and stuff. You make yourself some sort of symbol that actually gives people hope and meaning and pleasure yeah. greater than you. Yeah. I know I'm sounding real crazy here. What, so why – see, I do stand-up uh, because I think it's – I, of course, love it. And outside of just the you know love and fun, and I've been doing it for years, I do it because fundamentally I just think it makes me interesting. Yeah, OK. <laughs> why do you do – like why did you – I also thought uh, – I started doing it because I literally was was at a certain point where I was so awkward where I'm like, there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to get laid if I am, <laughs> if I don't have anything that, yeah. w- that will make me stick out. Yeah. And I, I started doing stand-up, and then I just realized it was like the least attractive thing you can do in the world is, is get it? on stage. Wait. That's a, I mean, get on stage and talk about how you're just a – I'm sort of, you know, I understand. Comedians have that like weird uh, double standard. We do think it makes us interesting, but yeah. if a girl I'm dating is yeah. like, and I'm doing open mics, I'm kind of like, shit. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> I, it's because I think we know that uh, that indicates some, maybe some flaws yeah. in in your psyche somewhere, <clears throat> possibly. Yeah. That okay. So I applaud your honesty, and I will be the first to agree with you because I'm the only one here other than Katie to say that when I do it. Uh, you do get, and let's just be honest here, you get, a, after a good set, a tidal wave yeah. of self-love. You really do. Absolutely. And in that self-love, there's all these seashells that go, I'm interesting. I'm desirable. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a thing. I'm doing a thing, an enviable thing. Right. We're not supposed to talk about this, but here it is. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 
that might have been why I got into it. But ultimately, and much more uh, lofty and po- perhaps impossible, is now, and I got this from TJ, my atheist mm-hmm. friend, is he was like, we're like crime fighters. We go in and, and rescue people from hopelessness and despair and a, and yeah. a, and a bad evening yeah. that informs <laughs> their next day and is a ripple in their life. You know what yeah. I mean? They might not remember your name. They might not buy yeah. your CD. Maybe yeah. they were comped. You didn't make any money off of them. Right. But you did. And then I'll take what TJ says and I'll, and I'll you know – morph it and, and, and kind of ruin it in my own way sure. and make it into like a ministry and be like, I'm fighting darkness. Wow. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But aren't you well, are that's, too. I, Brent, uh, I'm that, drive, <laughs> I drive around and... I'm sorry. And think about you yeah. in my life. And I'll think you often open... I'm not trying to ruin it. No. I, w- I want you to do it a million times. I want you to do it every time. In fact, I've seen you not do it. And I'm like, why didn't you do it? But I was driving in my car, not today, mm-hmm. other times. And I think of you yeah. going, keep it going one more time. <laughs> For whoever was yeah, a comedian yeah, yeah. before you. Right. And I thought about your weird drunk gay texts and they yeah. make me laugh. <laughs> it's all the same <clears throat> shit. We're yeah. either nudging it towards light or we're nudging it towards dark. And I, when I say dark, I don't mean when we die, it's over and the universe yeah. is meaningless. That can also be light. That's in the good yeah. camp too. If it's true, it's in the light side. I always – I definitely I definitely fundamentally agree where I feel like I, if, if I can share anything like – I like talking about quitting porn – because when I look back, yeah, we gotta get back to that. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Uh, when I look back on all of the time that I wasted looking at porn, it makes me feel a little bit better. And every time I bring it up, by the way, wait, it makes you feel better. To think it makes about? me feel better letting people know that I am as honest as I am, and I like really got a little too over overboard with porn, and it like ruined, you know. It ruined a relationship and it ruined, uh, you know, years of – not ruined, but like I just spent a lot of time looking at porn. My, my therapist would say you're not operating at your highest level. <laughs> that, that's it's his way. a very yeah. soft way of yeah. putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it's true I suppose. When, when, when I'm constantly jerking it and, and that sort of stuff, yeah. I'm not operating at my highest level. It's, it's There's nothing so wrong true. with it. Object- I, I guess – I mean you could make an argument that something's wrong, but keep going. So I, well, let's go, well, we'll get back to quitting porn because we got off sure. on the Viagra tangent. So – one of the other symptoms of um, being addicted to porn, and this this was the one that kind of blew my mind. So I was telling you that occasionally I'll take a, like a nibble of Viagra because it's, yeah. it works and it's great. You need just the corner of that bag. <laughs> you need line. just the corner. My favorite line, it's in the terrible <laughs> Stephen King movie. Jason Lee says, you don't have to need it to love it. It's so fucking great. Do you realize to live in the history where that shit exists? Yeah. It's remarkable. The anxiety, it's like a GPS for your dick. It's- I'm terrible spatially. The GPS came out, huge anxiety reduction. You're with somebody you've been dating, you think yep. it's going to happen. Yep. Take a nib. Just take a nib the and tiny you're nib. good. The, psycholo- the psychological impact of taking a yep. nib is helpful. But uh, – Fucking A. I, uh, when I was when I was take this a nib. last guy <laughs> – You love it. Let's do some right now. Let's get some right now. Katie, get, some, get, some, get us some Viagra. Uh, when uh, – when I was seeing this last guy, at one point I took a nibble of Viagra and it didn't work. Uh-huh. And it, well, you it still have to be around. Worked. No, 
In my, uh, yeah, in yeah, my yeah, experience, you, you have to get into it. But I if was, you're not I into was, it, it doesn't just. That's important. It doesn't just give you an erection. It just helps. It helps you get an once erection. Once you start getting an erection, you're like, I think there's some help here. It's like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, in your, yeah, yeah. In your but <laughs> it, it just. But it. I, mean, I know under any other circumstance, I would have been just fine, and it yeah. and it didn't work. And yeah. so that happened twice. And so I started like really losing my mind, and then I had the flaccid uh, porn experience. Yep. And then I found this website called Your Brain on Porn. And much like you're the the minister who was talking about this, it literally says like right, evolution yeah. hasn't prepared your brain for internet pornography, huh. and that you you get so you know if you look at and I was the kind of guy where like all day just periodically I would check a site, check a blog, go on Tumblr, you know, spend forty five minutes on Tumblr if I mm-hmm. got stressed or mm-hmm. annoyed, and so I was doing that constantly, and I like literally Wait, lost Tumblr the porn, ability. yeah, Tumblr porn, okay, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So I lost the ability to like get like a reasonable good erection with like another person. And uh, well, here's can I say this? Of course, I, I'm fascinated with this phenomenon. You're looking at pornography, mm-hmm. and you have an erection. Yeah. And then you go get some water or whatever the fuck. The phone rings. It's in the other room. So you get up and walk to the phone or whatever. Erection just leaves immediately. 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 That was the other symptom Isn't that, that I crazy? had. Isn't that crazy? It was so. It, it leaves the building immediately. I, I, I got to the point where if I even shifted my vision, I was mm. like, I'd be looking at my computer. And if I, if I looked away for a second, it, mm. would, be, it would be like, oh, like my, it would immediately get soft. Ah! <laughs> so it, it it but I will say this a vision shift now you gotta take a nib before you watch internet yeah. porn take a nib uh, I uh I started uh but quitting porn is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life so you've done it I'm doing it I'm uh I'm I think I'm nine weeks in now and Whoa. uh I'm relapse I mean I relapse they also suggest so when you're quitting porn and trying to sort of like Re, like re- reboot your like sexual system. They also strongly suggest that you quit masturbating. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so difficult. It's not just quitting porn, but also like you know you're you're, you're quitting porn and you, and you can't really you can't really act out on anything. Uh, yeah. So I've had like I've had days where I, you know or I should say I'll, I've had weeks where I'll go the whole week without looking at anything, and then like I've relapsed like four times this sure. week. So it's like really really hard. Yeah, uh, what's well, addictive? It's so when I was addictive. a kid, my religion – okay, so my most religious time was also my sexual peak. So I really wow. learned – ethical slut, good lesson. Again, why, even if you don't want to be a you know, polyamorous, good, interesting thing I learned was that you often learn uh, that God is upset at your sex drive yeah. at a time when all you are is sex drive. So you learn that God you know, by the uh, – is that the transitive property? God is therefore upset with me. Yeah. Something I told Rob Bell and he really agreed with that. Uh, that was off mic, but the idea that uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was off mic. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, people are like I don't remember him saying that, but I mean, I would have loved to have that conversation on mic. But uh, anyway, I forget what I was going to say. But I, I'm with you. That idea that uh, keep going. Uh, I I it's it's made me realize. I we were talking about how I don't really do drugs as mm. is, but it made me realize I could never, I could never do actual drugs now because yes. it's so hard to quit porn. If I actually <laughs> tried like meth or heroin, yeah. Even something a little bit milder like Coke, I, I would be gone. Yeah. I mean, I every at any given point in time, uh, and I'm 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 home a lot right now, at any given point in time, I am three clicks away from and I've blocked well, that's ninety what's... sites on on all of my on really? all of my browsers, but I'll still You're I'll, marshalling yourself. I'm marshalling myself, but Firefox, I don't know how to block things on Firefox. Uh... And so uh, I'll just Firefox like my porn browser. So at any point I'm like, all right. 
Yeah. If I get stressed or irritated. Well, you know, there's the other side of that, which it's remarkable that we're not constantly looking at it. Like, I mean, if you had told people in the 70s that that's what porn would be. I I know that there are people that devote their lives to it. I don't know these people, but there are. They just hold away, and that's their jam. They're deeply, deeply addicted to it. Now I remember what I was going to say. So when I was growing up, uh, I didn't, you know, the internet wasn't, it was back in AOL disk time. So (laughs) internet was pretty new. But I remember being convinced that when I was even uh, like 21, uh-huh. 22, even into my marriage, convinced that I was addicted to pornography. Yeah. Even though I wasn't. Even though you weren't. I was right. looking at porn once a week, maybe. You know wow. what I mean? But like I would think about it and how I was going to get it and stuff and felt guilt after I did it for so long. But yeah. it kind of was. It was like an eight ball. There was an upper doing yep. the porn, yep. then the downer feeling guilty about it. Right. So I was obsessed with trying to find this book. Uh, it was called like Drug of the New Millennium or something, and it was yeah. about pornography. But it was a religious. It was like book. a religious, yeah, Christian based. I, I right. wanted to beat myself up about it. Right. Then through therapy, I realized that part of the high was the low. I enjoyed the ritual of uh, finding the porn, feeling uh, dirty about it, yep. jerking it, <laughs> then hiding it like a right. dog covering his own shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole thing was fun for me. It's such It'll kill an the hour and search, a half. I was so good. <laughs> I was so good at like looking uh and like finding porn. I mean, I I have I have I have alternate profiles that I use on Facebook to like like use to either bamboozle or pay people to send me nude pictures. I used to do this a lot more than now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one one of my profiles <laughs> I was always, uh, you know, people bamboozled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I the, before I quit porn, I was at the gym. I was at the gym one day, and there was a guy. This was this was how I knew I'd gone a little bit overboard. There was a guy working out next to me who was absolutely my type to a T, just mm-hmm. stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of actually talking to him, all I could think about doing was somehow, literally tricking him bamboozling him into giving me his name so I could find him on Facebook so I could use a fake profile to somehow elicit nude pictures. Like yeah. that was like that was my thought process. Brent? I was like maybe I should try to steal his wallet. Yeah. And just put it back just to get his name. Yeah. And uh and that, that that's when I was so like funny. maybe I should uh Because you're being a, vulnerable, I will I'll, I'll jump in the shame pool with you not that we need to feel shame. Please. In fact, I don't think you need to be ashamed of that because it's a modern problem. <laughs> it is. And it's a real thing. I will, and the way I would justify it would be, I would meet a girl, my type, I would know her name, Mm -hmm. but I just met her, and instead of trying to real-time, real-world engage with her, I would just look at her Facebook profile, jerk it, just to (laughs) regular photos, just like her with a dog, and I'm just like, (laughs) and then the moment I was done, I'd be like, well, I'm glad I didn't get into the complication of yeah. actually yep. coming on her. You rationalize I've how rationalized more comfortable it. and safe. Because I went, I would go to STDs. bed immediately. I'd shit with the door open yep. right afterwards. You know what I mean? Just like being. You tell yourself she's probably a bitch or the something. The second yep. you yep. come, you the thing that was your object of desire becomes the face of like some imaginary bitch. You're yep. like, I'm sure she likes something weird or she probably would have laughed at my doughy physique. <laughs> you're just like, it's what an addict does. Absolutely. You go back and do some heroin and you're like, this was safe. Yep. I'm. You associate, a lot of times we do the things we associate with safety because our brains have the fight-flight thing and we also yep. have the attraction to safety. So I started going like, don't actually 
talk to people, yep. jerk off to them on Facebook, go to sleep. I'm the king, the lonely king in yep. the open robe. See, that it's so funny because I started doing this thing where I am terrified of getting STDs, primarily HIV. Yep. Uh, but I also I had this period in my life in which I hate condoms because they're they're the worst. Yeah. So a couple times I can I, I say that the little nib is the friend of the condom. <laughs> in fact, does it, has it helped? See, I still hate even when I nib. If, I uh, if I I'm hate going condoms. in bagless, I don't sure. need the nib. How often do you go in bagless? In a committed thing, it's, sure. it's going to come up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually for both parties. The modern woman, I think, is aware of the bagless benefits for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sex is – look, I can hear people disagreeing with me, and I've had people <laughs> write into the show and be like, what's the – girls, what's the big deal? <laughs> okay, look, I don't tell you about what it feels like to breastfeed. Yeah. Don't tell me what it feels like to fuck with a condom or without right. a condom. It's right. completely different. It's completely well, it, it's different. Like, it's but like the nib, were... the fucking nib is preventing HIV, I swear. Like, <laughs> those dick pills are helping. They do. And also hurting. And also extending yeah. relationships that should have broken up because for psychological reasons you can't perform anymore. <laughs> and those dick pills are helping people stay with the wrong people. Uh, that's also true. Yeah. I will say if, if uh, I think if a woman – I think a woman would understand what it's like to wear a condom if someone – her out with a dental dam on. There you go. You know, like, right? Has anyone ever used a dental dam? I only in the movie <laughs> Booty Call, where they had to find one. Uh, wait, what were we saying a minute ago? Condoms, bags, and uh, a nib. Oh, so I went through. You this... hate condoms. Hate condoms. I mean, it's I clear by this... now that, that you're a gay man. I wonder when I when I uh, I don't want to be too personal with you, but. The self-lubricating mechanism of a vagina, mm-hmm. I have to think, might be more conducive to bagless or, or bagged. Might make it easier to, yeah. to just kind of phone it in. Yeah. Yeah. Am I at am I uh, my depth? I, 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 at least in my experience, I always use a ton of lube. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 there you go. You yeah. can you buy, buy that stuff. magical yeah, yeah, yeah. substance. Absolutely. So you're just saying you and I are the same. Condoms just aren't that great. Well, yeah. However, I went through a phase of barebacking a lot. Not right. a lot, but a couple times. And right. then I started – not trusting myself, and I think that was another reason why I started. So that, the porn. in addition to the porn, was like, you know, like literally culminated with like three months ago when I was like in this relationship with a guy who was like pretty pretty cool, yeah. you know, my type, and then I just was like totally in another world. Yeah. Because I just could, I couldn't like, I like had learned to never trust myself to yeah. get direction. Well, that's good. W- with another Oh, person. you didn't trust yourself. Yeah, I, so I think that was – so even outside of my addiction to porn, it was like I also just didn't – I just didn't I, – I think subconsciously I stopped trusting myself yeah. to get an erection with strangers because it was like, well, you're just going to – you very well could bear back if you do right, it. Right, right, I'm right. Obviously, I'm fine. It's I've been funny, tested. I love what but, you're saying and, and I'm happy to hear that. But I love what you're saying is the idea that when you think of a guy – not wearing a condom, mm-hmm. you often think he's a uh, he's he's putting pleasure in front of risk. Yeah, you know what I mean. When really, I think what we're saying, at least some of the time, he's putting fear yeah. over a different kind of fear, STD fear, and then the shame of not being able to perform. Yeah. So you're you're with somebody new, and we're already talking about that's weird. Yep. The time you should wear a condom the most is the time when you want a condom the least. Yeah. And you're like. I want this to go well. Yeah. I care about this person. I want this to go over and over and over and maybe right. be a thing. Right. And then you're like, let me suffocate my dick like the partner <laughs> and in the line and of put fire a garbage on the boat. bag on my dick. Yeah. yeah. Let me put him as if I'm going to jump, throw him in the back of a van yeah. and hold him for ransom uh, and make him imagine <laughs> sex while you're having sex. Yep. Yeah. I f- uh, wait. But look. that's another porn thing. I think 
if we stop jerking and we stop watching all this porn, sex will become enough again, as opposed to Absolutely. having sex with a bag and all, and you have to like think of something else. I, the first like three weeks, I was killing it with with quitting porn. I was looking like once a week, yeah. if that, and then I I could tell after just three weeks of like decreasing my porn intake by ninety nine percent, I imme- I just could tell I was more sensitive. I was uh, more I was attracted to fifty percent more people. Yes. Uh, and it literally, if I if I had the willpower to quit it entirely, I would probably be closer, feel like a twenty one year old again. But what, I don't have you the mean willpower. Libido, to quit. yeah, libido, and just Presence, like yeah, like I vitality. feel like when you look at porn a lot, no one is attractive anymore. Yeah, or they're not attractive enough. Like well, you, you see someone at the gym, and you're like, yeah, they're he's all right. And you it's like, run no, into that very thing yeah. because you can. Click and click and click. You can find somebody that's close to what you're looking for and be like, her eyes are too far apart or her eyes are too close or her ass isn't big enough. Yep. And then find her again with a bigger ass. Yeah. It's another yeah. person. Yep. But I mean like – and then and then you're just – you're training your brain. I have to imagine this is what the website is saying. You're training your brain to wait for the like ultimate combination. And if you're like me, it's not the same thing every day. Yep. One day you're in the mood for Italian. The next yeah. day Chinese. It changes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and then you're training your brain to be like, be fickle. Right. There's always something else. There's always something else Don't and always commit. something a little bit better. It's the same thing as internet dating too, which is teaching us that there's always more options. Yeah. Don't commit. Mm-hmm. Always know that there's another person, a new feeling that's yeah. going to flare up and excite you more than the boring ass part. <laughs> so you're 12 days into, you said, not masturbating. I think so. I'm not counting. I'm, I'm a big believer in not counting. That's I just kind of like... You're ballparking. I yeah. go, I make up my mind. <laughs> And, and I'm also honoring how I feel. I'm like, that feels like the thing to do right now. Yeah. And, I, and it, so it feels natural. I yeah. don't feel like I'm withholding. I'm not blocking anything. In fact, yeah. that reminds me of my Christian days. And I hate that shit. Yeah. I would make my friends put passwords on my website. And then I'd call them and be like, yeah, well, let me go to this academic site. <laughs> and that became part of it, too. That became part of the seduction. Yep. You'd hang up the phone with them and be like, <laughs> he gave me the code. Yep. And then you're in. I did it with my roommate. It. My yeah. roommate ha- has blocked all these sites. And... Uh, uh, and if I if I need to, I'm just like, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, what's that password again? Yeah. Just type it in. Real and everybody quick. knows. It's yep. just it's it's your heroin addicted friend being like, I just need twenty bucks to. Uh, yeah. I don't even have an excuse. Right. <laughs> get some heroin. <laughs> just get some heroin. It's a real addiction. Heroin. But the thing is, Brent James Sullivan. I spent so much of my life raging against the machine of pornography, okay. feeling bad about it right. because of a of an ethics, a code of ethics that I inherited. From from the an interpretation of the Bible that I don't even necessarily see. I don't think that's that's a real beautiful thing. What I do think is beautiful is the idea that there are things that are either helping us evolve or holding us back. Mm-hmm. And I do think merging and being in line with our chemistry, yeah. with how we're built, and not mainlining fantasies, mm-hmm. full color HD pornographic fantasies and just streaming that into our minds, which we know scientifically are pretty bad at differentiating between what we see and what we imagine and what actually happens, right. even though we know which is which. Right. Mentally, somewhere in our subconscious, we're kind of like, I think I did fuck 12 girls in yeah. the 80s right? <laughs> on VHS. <laughs> uh, I think we can – when I look at it that way, mm. when I look at it like when I'm not jerking it, I am embracing who I am. I'm embracing my urges. Yep. I catch myself – if you want to be real, and I, I know I love you so deeply. Love you too. And I just know you'll relate and not judge this. When, yeah. I, when I'm not jerking it, the first thing I notice is I, I'm, I'm decisive. I'm much more decisive and a little bit more irritable. 
Yeah. Uh, because I'm not masking my true feelings. Right. So when I'm not jerking it, if I'm being okay with that, that's because I'm being okay with who I really am. Then the second thing you have to get used to, and I don't fucking care. I'm a human being all goddamn day. Yeah. I catch myself, my waitress will come up and she's cute and she drops off the yeah. food and she turns around and I'm like, I want to fucking come and <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not proud of that thought. That I gives know. me shame and adrenaline and I didn't But mean, wait, why would you not? I mean, I, 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 saying that to someone's face would be I weird. Didn't I didn't say it to her face. Right, right. But you I'm did, Johnny but you're Friendly allowed Pants. To, you're, allowed you're allowed to think. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I put such pride in being a sweet person and not an aggressive person. Yeah. And that's why I'm putting this out there. I'm not trying to be Howard Stern and shock people into listening right. to the show. I'm saying you're not fucking alone. I'm, I know yeah. I'm not alone yeah. and that's why I'm saying it to you yep. and people can listen in and know it's okay to be a good decent person or whatever that means to you and yep. also have filth yep. coming you knee need, jerk you out of your that, face i think you need that aggression it because it, it's so guttural it's so like basic it's so like right you know animalian or whatever is that a word i love uh, it i, I know <laughs> what it means you need you need uh you know, like for me, like when I go to the gym, that's usually like my number one. Like you yeah. need to be able to see someone and you're like, I want – I'm this close to like saying something to that guy's face. Right. And he could he could literally punch me out. <laughs> <laughs> he could like take a swing at me, but I'm going to give – I'll think about giving it a shot. And like when you're so into porn, it just – you just – yeah, you become like this like what lamb. Like you just, right. just kind of shrink and you're like, are you going to walk around? Right, right. And you think and about stealing someone's wallet so you could like somehow get their – Yeah. Get their names to get, to get new pictures. It really just sounds to me like addiction, but not yeah. in the way that I used to think of it where I'm like I'm angering God. I really don't right. think it's too much of a concern. But when I think about me governing my own self, not God governing my behavior, me governing my behavior yeah. in hopes of being the best me I can be, yeah. right now I happen to be on a kick where I'm not jerking it, enjoying not jerking it. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's harder to sleep in. I, I used to be able to sleep like 10 hours what, so, yo, so what is your trigger? Like when do you get, when do you get closest? You're 12 days. I mean 12 days is that's, – that's more than I've ever done. But like when yeah. are you closest to being like, fuck it, I have to masturbate? Anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, my, that's mine too. I feel like that's kind yeah. of universal, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you a, a weirder one. Mm-hmm. Playing video games. <laughs> playing aggressive video games. I think there's an undercurrent of heterosexual – maybe uh, homosexual, but I think it's definitely heterosexual – aggression porn. Yeah. When I play Bioshock Infinite and I'm going around... Have you ever played that game? No. I'm going around shooting people in the fucking face and yeah. their brains explode. Yeah. And uh, with my shotgun dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like being a caveman. Protecting a pretty girl whose clothes fall off slowly. Not in an obvious yeah. way. It's a very artistic, beautiful game. <laughs> but like she does tear her clothes on things. <laughs> Ah! it's a beautiful Uh, girl and like her sleeves come off and like by the end of the game she's pretty hot uh, and and i often will have to pause games like grand theft auto where which i don't really play anymore but back when i did the the stealing cars being entitled driving recklessly shooting guns getting shit done would put me into such a macho frenzy that i would be like i have to jerk off now and i would uh I remember. Oh, I, 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 I just. I remember when I was younger. I was. I. What, what was like the weirdest thing you were ever attracted to? Like, because so, sometimes I feel like it's so easy to get. I used to have like really violent fantasies, and I'm like the least violent person. Violent sexual fantasies. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Like I used to. I used to envision. Uh, 
being like a like the captain of a ship mm-hmm. and and <laughs> like my hottest classmates were all like enslaved on the, on yeah. the ship yeah yeah uh, and uh, and just like yeah just like you know occasionally I think I remember having a fantasy in which I would like. Uh, like hook up or have sex and then like throw them overboard. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. Shotgun right, to the right. face. Yeah. There's nothing inherently sexual about that. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Unless you do say shotgun dick. I guess. Right. Right. That performance. I think that's one of the reasons why guys like guns. Guys like looking at guns. Yeah. I'm with Freud when it comes to like, look, there's a a, a, a nickel plated dick that you keep. <laughs> look at how gangsters keep their guns. You know, yeah. in the front. Yeah. Basically touching their dicks. Still don't get that, by the way. I know, the worst place you could put it. But it's also the most badass place you could be at being like, this gun is an extension of my cock. Yeah. Fucking fear me. I'll shoot you with my metal dick. You know what I mean? Did you ever think about getting a gun? Have you ever thought about where you would put your... Where I would keep it in my house? Yeah. No, I I always thought if I was ever going to get a gun, I would put it down by my shoe. That seemed like the most reasonable. Oh, the ankle. Yeah, because then if you fall down, you can get it and start shooting. Oh, sure. I don't know why. And it's kind of out of the way. Well, this goes back to watches. I don't like the uh, encumbered feeling of having jewelry and certainly not a holster. I would never actually get a gun. I think under no circumstances would I buy a gun. Brent, I was thinking about this today, too, (laughs) because I think I saw an ad for Grand Theft Auto V, which I'm on one hand excited about, and then on the other hand, I'm concerned with the way that that game might be a type of pornography for me. Sure. I'm not here to marshal anybody else for real. In fact, I am excited. That's part A. I'm excited about that game. It looks amazing. B, I was telling Katie before we started recording, I was like, I don't know if I need to be playing a game that heightens the idea that everyone around me is my enemy, that it's me versus them. I should get guns and shoot people. I don't know. And it's consequence free for the most part. I don't know if that's the best thing to put into my brain. Um, What were we saying? Uh, Oh, where? Oh, get a gun. And then I was thinking about like, uh, you know, the movie Two Guns. Right. And I saw a poster for that on the way in. Yeah. Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, Two Guns. Just the most obvious title, Two Guys with Two Guns. <laughs> two it's guns called Two Guns. Two guns. <laughs> we know why you're coming, to see people shooting guns. Yep. And the poster is Mark and Denzel, my two friends, pointing guns <laughs> off, yep. off screen. Right. Now, presumably, what? At people. At people. At people. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you you buy, you shoot them at people. You usually. shoot it's them. Not just a movie about target practice. It's not cans. Yeah, it's not even animals. People wouldn't even want it to be animals. <laughs> that would offend them. Right. But you shoot guns at people. <laughs> and then I had the following fantasy, and I I don't know if I can stand behind this ethically mm-hmm. for our pro gun people. Uh, but I was like, what if when you saw that movie, Two Guns, uh, you know, like at the arc light, somebody comes out yep. and does a little intro. Yep. Thank you for coming to the Arclight. They do this in person for those people listening yeah. who haven't been to the Arclight. So what if at the beginning, every showing of Two Guns, mm-hmm. you came out, like an employee of the theater came out and said, welcome to a screening of Two Guns. Just so you know, this is a Magnum uh, 357, one of the guns featured in this film. And then they just shot four rounds into a barrel. Yeah. The loudest motherfucking <laughs> sound, you've, and with no warning. Right. And you got to hear the the power the and power, the force, yeah. the volume, and you'd see the flash of of the of the hammer and all that sort of yeah. stuff. You would not enjoy the movie as much. Oh, you you would dislike the movie. You would you would not you would have dislike the movie at the movie. You would get the fuck out of there because your asshole would clench so tight, and you'd yeah. get a cold sweat, and you'd be like, "That's what guns are." I still can't envision whenever in my head I think about shooting a gun. Literally, my head. I, it turns around and I shoot myself in the face. Really? Like, I just – I can't like I, – I, it's like I, I've 
I can barely shoot a gun in dreams. Uh-huh. Uh, my, I, my guns in dreams are always like they don't yeah, shoot. Yeah, they're like staples, like staple guns. Yeah, they don't it shoot. Sucks. It just comes out and it doesn't work. I think it might be because like when, when you were talking about video games, uh, I have an older brother and he always – I don't know. If, I feel like a lot of younger brothers can at least relate to part of this. Uh, I never played video games. I'm To this day, I'm like not comfortable playing video games. Mm. I just watched him play video games and I watched like him be in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I felt like there's almost like too much pressure. Uh, it's a when, performance. Yeah, you have a performance. Yeah. Thing. And so I never play video games. So I, I don't think I have like I'm, n- I'm, I'm not into video games at all. I'll, no. I think it's the same thing. Even though I was playing them, yeah. I learned that it was fake. And in my dreams, if I shoot somebody and I want them to go down. Yeah. Um, which is rare. I, I, I got defensive all of a sudden. <laughs> Although we're just talking about the dreams we remember. Lately, right. I've been waking up in the morning, and my mind is hitting delete on all the dreams, and I'm like, "What yeah. the fuck was that? What the fuck was that?" Yeah, like something really weird. What's your, my my most reoccurring dream is when is uh, I'm I'm back in college and I. Uh, and I, I have a final, and I hadn't attended a single yep, class. I have that. I feel like that's like one of the most universal common dreams. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I still have it. Have every, you had like, the one yet where you realize you're a grown man and you're like, I don't have to take this test? No. It's worth having the dream <laughs> to get to that point. Really? Yeah. They, like when we talk about lucid dreaming, the main it's not flying that you want to lucid dream for. It's so when you're having that dream, yeah. you can become aware that you're dreaming and go. I'm Brent James Sullivan, uh, the 29-year-old comedian. Yeah. I don't need to pass the physics test. Yeah. And literally, I drop out now. And like the dream becomes me just being okay with that. Wow. Yeah. So well, you have to practice to do lucid dreaming, though, right? You have to like really yeah. engage. The best thing you can do is just set – sorry, but set an intention. When you're, <laughs> when you're falling asleep, go like, I'm going to lucid dream tonight. I'm going to do it. Wow. Yeah. That helps. And you do, you do that like a bunch of weeks in a row and then it finally starts to work? I don't know. I, I go through phases <laughs> like I am with not jerking Oh, so it doesn't it. work at all. <laughs> uh, no. I mean if I did and I really made an effort. But the thing is sometimes you just want to sleep and sometimes you don't really want your dreams. It's when I have a surplus of energy. Right. And I'm like I even want my dreams to be interesting. Right. Lately I've just been like I just want to sleep and everybody go away. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, it, what I was going to tell you about guns is that like in my dreams I, I'll shoot. Let's say you're in my dream but you're a, a cobra guard. Blue, not crimson. Sure. And I shoot at you, and uh, in my dream, there's an understanding that the gun is fake, you're an actor, and if I shoot you, you have to fall down. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so I'm shooting so a gun like, that doesn't do anything, but hey, we're all in this dream we're together. We're all in this together, right. Play your part, bang, bang, you fall down, you're dead. Huh. I, ever since I was little, I, I was decent at going like... Like, I remember having a dream where, like, orc-like creatures were surrounding me, yeah. and, I, and I was fucked. And I was like, all right, cut, everybody. Sure. Relax. Sure. This is over. And I feel I, like maybe you're, like, very much, like, in tune with yourself. You're very, like, in control of your subconscious. Well, I like that interpretation. I, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. <laughs> Although it is interesting. Uh, it's been coming up on the show. I did go to a hypnotherapist, and I was very interested in the yeah. idea of planting ideas in your subconscious. Yeah. And I have other friends, I won't out them, that have been to hypnotherapists that yeah. had like um, – Did it know, work? Stage fright or, or were trying to quit something. And for me uh, – <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the idea that you can get inside of yourself yeah. and, and just the way that your, your subconscious received information when you were a kid. Yeah. And we were talking about your, uh, your, your self-confidence or whatever. Sure. Maybe planting some other things in there. Sometimes it blows my mind that I don't get stage fright, that I've been doing stand-up for so long and I don't have dreams. I'm almost thankful I've never had any dreams about not being able to get on stage. Yeah. Or, you know, obviously you have dreams about bombing once in a while, but, like, uh, I've, I've 
Never had one I'm about really, not getting on stage. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I've been really. I'm always anxious, and I'm anxious about everything. Yeah, uh, and so the idea—it just blows my mind that I've never been like had a phase where I couldn't get on stage. Yeah, I, I've, I'm surprised it doesn't happen to more of us. I either. know, I know. We all should do it. Yeah, it's like we should all be looking at pornography constantly, and we should <laughs> definitely not right. be getting on stage. I'll give you my autograph now. Let's do and it. You can tell me what. So it this like. is what this is what I signed is, for a fan. Fan. And you do it fast. Like okay. That. That's good. Yeah, that's like – it's almost like comic booky or something. It is it's comic like, yeah, It's book-y. big. It's like almost bubble letters. Now, what's a check? Block letters. What's a check? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, also, letters, exclamation point. Which I, I like. Which I, I think, think that's funny. a nice touch. It's, it's funny. A, it's adorable. That's yeah. – You're saying <laughs> – It's like, Pete Holmes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making them more excited. <laughs> but also, I've said this on the show before. <laughs> I have to write it legibly. Because too many people, like, it's not at a level of fame anywhere sure. near a level of fame that you can just write. Like, Maybe I've seen Aziz's uh, uh-huh. autograph, and it's just two A's and two dots okay. for the eyes. And okay. I'm just like, yep, it's because you're famous. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a check. I'm going to do it two ways. Okay. I know this is a visual thing, so we'll keep this quick. Uh, this is the slow <laughs> version. Whoa. That's a different world. Yeah. See, it's a that's the P, and it's very, very swoopy. Yeah, it's very swoopy, very... It's kind of like yours. Light and airy, yeah. I'll tweet a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, please. I will, so everybody can see. <laughs> but it's the idea that I tried in, in college to figure out how I could write my name mm-hmm. uh, with, li- without lifting the pen. It's hard to write someone else's name without lifting the see, pen. See, the P is a trick, and you have the B. So a B is typically two lines, but I've made the P... Yeah. This just yeah. one line, like a like a lowercase yeah. cursive L, oh, can like, also yeah. look like a P. <laughs> yeah, it's a good strong letter yeah. uh, to have up front. Um, Ooh, talking about autographs, having we, fun. We were going to talk about actually my favorite, Fred Phelps. Yeah. Oh yeah. Please. Uh, my uh, to to get us off on a on a fun start. Yeah. As a gayman, and we've alluded to this. You <laughs> love to send a good drunk text about we should party no shirts. I love – I get drunk a lot. This will get us into, into uh, Fred Phelps. Yeah, I get drunk a lot. Yeah. And when I get drunk, if I am alone, if I like going to go out alone or do my own thing that night, I sort of like – I feel like getting drunk and sending a text is like a good way to connect with friends, especially <laughs> friends you don't see a lot or haven't talked to in a while. Yes. But I just love sending just sort of random. My favorite was actually sent uh, to Jesse Klein. Yes. Uh, who was a girl and an amazing comedian. Yes. Uh, I sent her once, let's listen to Enya and Come. <laughs> C-U-M. Uh, in case you were wondering about how it's spelled. But I do it. And, and I do it in L.A. now. I, I'll take the bus to, uh, to uh, like this one bar on Friday night. Uh, and then I'll take a cab home. And I'll just like, like get drunk. I'll bring like booze and a flask or something. And I'll get drunk. And I'll spend like an hour just texting friends. It's almost like yeah. a way to like keep in touch yeah. with people like back in New York. I think or we're uncovering, as silly as they are and funny as they are, I think we are uncovering like a uh, 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 yearning yeah. to connect. Yes. And I do that too. Absolutely. I don't send texts that I regret. But when I'm uh, boozing it, I'll look the next day. And I'll remember sending all of them. But there's a yeah. lot of like... I'm this close to telling people that I love them. You know what I mean? So, like, I have one drink. I'm kind of like, you know, I just think you're special. It, it's, like, I, I, I do the same thing. And it's a great way to solidify, like, a new friendship. Yeah. Where you're, you'll uh, send a drunk text uh, to someone and, and, you know, you've, like, hung out, like, twice. Yeah. And so, they, you know, but then if you get that text, you're like, oh, this is, yeah. this is great. Yeah. I'm so happy. That- and that works in relationships, too. Mm-hmm. Texting has changed everything. And when you're starting to see somebody... And if I get a text after 10 p.m., I just assume, especially if it's flirty, and it's like, you're cute. You're a cutie. Yeah. Or, hey, cutie. Yeah. What's, what's up with your face of being so cute? I'm like, 
Oh, they're drinking. I, I'll figure out what time zone they're in. I'm like, oh, they're shit-faced. This is from New York. This person's right. shit-faced. Right. Uh, do you get drunk texts a lot? Do you do it a lot? I will do it more to friends. I don't really do it to, to ladies and, yeah. such, and yeah. such. But um, I haven't done it in a while because I haven't been drinking. Oh, that's right. I'm just being yeah, me. So oh, no, don't feel bad that you uh, – uh. <laughs> I had it. But like not counting – it's like the way that I'm veganish. It's like if I go to a meal, I went to a meal. It was a meeting, yeah, and it was with b- big wigs at TBS. Yeah. You know what I mean? They wanted to wine and dine. It was kind of to celebrate my show. Sure, we go to this uh, place in uh, this is in Atlanta, and they ordered for us. Yeah, and they got steak, and they got like fucking thick cut bacon yeah. appetizer, yeah. and wine. And it's not that I was just sitting there, you know, tucked in, like no no assertion, right? But I'll never. I'm using the word never here. Yeah. Never be the kind of person that goes. I don't eat meat. I'm like, give me yeah. that steak. Yeah. Give me that wine. This is a special time. If I'm at fucking Wrigley Field, I'm eating a hot dog. <laughs> but I know that it's fucked up. I mean, uh, and the, most of my life is is juicing. The only, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think about when you t- explain that story is that whenever I have a steak, I, I mean, when I have most dinners, I have vicious diarrhea afterwards. Uh, and I just started doing probiotics, and those work. Yeah, uh, I'm big into probies. Uh, but I'm, I literally uh, in New York, there were times where I was. Uh, I was accustomed to going to dinner, coming home sure. for an hour to, and then go back out. Yeah, because I knew that there would be a period in which, uh, in which it's like, well, I'm gonna have, yep. I'm gonna have the worst diarrhea of my life. Now. And you want the home ball advantage. You want, you want the shower option. Yeah. To be honest, if you're having something yeah. that makes you uncomfortable, to quote Mulaney, one of my dearest, loveliest friends. Yeah, uh, we, we and it was just such a memorable moment for me. He goes, "You just never know how clean things are down there." He's not talking about being covered in shit. You got yeah. sweat. You got all yep. sorts of mystery things. Sometimes a man wants a goddamn shower. Yeah. You want to go home. I completely I, understand. I once had diarrhea that was so bad <laughs> that afterwards I took a shower and then a nap because I was like tired. I was tired because it was like, especially if you're out, if you're out somewhere and. You have to you have to kind of hold things in. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's an exhausting experience. Yeah, I was on a, a Feng Wah once, a Feng Wah bus. Oh my god! Uh, you know between New York and Boston. And, yeah, uh, and I had two hours of, of holding it in. Yeah, oh my god! And then I thought I was going to barf diarrhea. It was the, it was, <laughs> it was the bubbling worst. up. Yeah, and it was do. it was really off. Can I throw this your way of too? Course. As a man who's had his uh, run-ins with the digestion law. Yeah, uh, probiotic in the morning is great, mm-hmm. and then with each meal. You take a enzyme that also has probiotics in it. Because yeah. I'm going to keep this quick. Okay. Nutrition comes up a lot on the show. <laughs> Back in the day before we raped Mother Earth, <laughs> the soil actually had enzymes in them that right. would go into the food that would help us digest them. Right. Most of the time, those enzymes are gone. Even if you are eating organic, it's just not always the best mm-hmm. soil. So you take the enzymes with the food. That's also going to help just everything. Yeah, I take probiotics before I eat every meal and that has helped significantly. Oh, you take it before every meal? Yeah. So you're already on board. I, yeah, I mean, if you yeah, want to take much. something that also has enzymes in it, I'd be even happier for you. I'd be <laughs> curious if that would if that would help things even more. So are you are you a genetically modified guy that you like won't touch foods that are gen- genetically modified? I try modified? not to fuck with that shit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's pretty reasonable. I actually, I don't I don't but where are I'm we? not entirely we... on board with it yet. I'm not I don't think I've seen I'm sure Plenty of people will disagree with me on this. Yeah. I don't think I've seen definitive proof that that uh, genetically modified foods or you know f- you know seeds that we fucked with or whatever are giving us cancer or are making us sick. I don't think I've seen. Yeah. Over. I mean, even I think Vermont tried to pass. Um, uh, I might be a little inaccurate on this, but I I know some very liberal state tried to pass some law putting you know 
warning labels on 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 bottles and yeah. and they wouldn't do it because i think a lot of the even the democrats were like there's we haven't seen enough evidence to suggest this is truly this is truly dangerous yeah i guess i'm out of my depth on this subject but i would say that why my gut often goes to like whatever we're doing that yeah. isn't just planting and growing and doing things like yeah. the old school way probably going to fuck us yeah eventually yeah I was going to say fuck us in the ass. Is that offensive? No. <laughs> I also love calling people cocksucker. <laughs> sure. It's be, it's I on it this has come up so many times yeah. and I'm just looking for as many green lights as I can. I think I've decided that I don't like cocksucker, but I never realized that it might be like a homophobic thing to say or get fucked in the ass. I don't think I actually don't take cocksuckers. I use it constantly. I, I, also, I also say I faggot. Uh, but I mean, I we're think... comedians and we happen to use <laughs> the worst. Like, me and Kumail are always like, if anyone heard us talking, oh, I know. we would be out. We would be Have, out. It's, it's, there, sometimes it's sort of a slippery slope because uh, – I'm know, one drink days, away from you... telling you that I love you, but I'm also one drink away from freely using <laughs> every, yeah. every slur. But even better if it's specific <laughs> to you. Right. And that's the quality because that's it's like – That's what so fun about it. It's, is, it's I not know you're fun not calling, calling me a faggot. That's what I'm saying. It's the absurdity. Yeah. It's the reversal. It's the disempowering. But I understand. If you want to come up and be like, that's still inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably right, but like I actually I said faggot recently uh, at a at a party, and uh, this is also why I love Fred. We'll get, I can, we yeah, keep yeah, it up. perfect merge uh, at a party, and uh, and someone like gave me a look, and she knew I was gay, and it's like, uh, yeah, I appreciate your sympathy towards the LGBT community, yes, uh, but fuck off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can say what I can call myself a faggot if yeah, I want. Yeah, sure. It was, it, was, it, it, was in, it was in reference to myself. Wait, uh, I think I can say that about myself. Can't right? wait. Well, I don't know if I can. I honestly, I, I, you have to understand, I grew up super dupes libs. I went you, to a, wait. You, you grew I up did. liberal. My parents. I thought your parents were conservative. Well, I mean, ish, okay. ish, okay. I suppose. <laughs> Not really. My church was. You know okay, what I mean? So they sure. put me into a system that that schooled me more than they did. Yeah. Because I got more time with them. But I, I went, you know, by the grace of uh, God or whatever you want to say. I went to an incredibly liberal school oh. where, like, if if I had said uh, the the F word, I don't yeah. even want to – well, fuck it. If I had said faggot, I would have been in shit yeah, big me, time. Yeah, me too. I would have been made an example of yeah. – I probably would have been expelled, This is in Boston? Honest. Cambridge, Cambridge Friends oh, School. Oh, Cambridge. Yeah, Cambridge. Yeah, the the most gay-friendly place, in, yeah. one of the most gay-friendly places in the world. <clears throat> All, most of my teachers were uh, gay uh, women. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of lesbian uh, teachers. Yeah. And then, the like, there was one straight guy that I remember and a lot of gay. They made an effort. This was in yeah. the 80s where I think you had to make an effort to, like, change the, uh, change the staff. Sure. They were like, we want gay black men. And I don't even think that's a problem because I knew – gay black men growing up like it was part of yeah. the, the fun I was right like, right oh kevin gay black kevin my teacher and i learned that you never said that stuff and then when you become a comedian there's a little bit a bit of a rebellion sure like blocking porn sites yeah. you go oh that's the site i can't go to and well makes then it more i'm gonna fun. go to it all the time it just makes I'm it more from... fun with your friend with your trusted circle to be a horrible person yeah it's interesting i'm from ann arbor michigan which is a very liberal like yes. college town and it was the same way i at least to my recollection i don't remember anyone saying faggot in high school, I don't know if it would have been quite as extreme as the response in Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I heard it once, but I, I know it would not have been like an accepted. Uh, 
yeah. thing. I, st- I don't, even when you say it, and I'm not saying this to win points with our listeners, <laughs> it, it'll always be one of those words that makes it colder in my stomach. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think fag is, co- I think, see, it, it, I think uh, faggy is kind of funny, and yep. you can still kind of use it like very lightheartedly. Right. Uh, when I hear fag, because I feel like that's like the that, that's like yeah. the legitimate use of the word. Fag yeah. to me is the coldest. And that's then, why, if I may, mm-hmm. pay a compliment <laughs> to Fred Phelps. <laughs> Here it comes. One of the worst people, yeah. ever. Yeah. Okay. The compliment. It's not even a compliment. I'm going to take that. I don't even like this as a joke. When I saw the sign that said "God hates fags." Uh-huh. Like, their evil mission was accomplished. Like, it upset me. It really, like, enraged me. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want to do. They figured out the phrases that make people lose their minds. Well, I I, I actually love Fred Phelps. I think he's he's the funniest human being in the history of mankind. And I think it's lunacy that a single person in the world takes him seriously. Yes. And I say this with a lot of experience. I, uh, he came to my university senior year. I went to University of Michigan and he came senior year uh, and he protested. I'm not making this up. He protested the fact that Elton John had once been on campus. That was what he was protesting when he was there that day. And so uh, it, obviously as people do a lot, I went to the counter protest for him. Uh-huh. And they sent the uh, the two protests up like sort of next to each other. And The police one, did? Yeah, the police did. Yeah, we're kind of facing each other sort of on the outskirts of campus. And at one point – uh, I got bored because protests are boring, and I started calling Fred a fag, as if like no one had ever considered calling Fred Phelps a fag before. Well, you think that's common? Uh, I would bet that's common. Maybe not. Uh, but he, at one, maybe five or six iterations in, he looked me dead in the eyes, <laughs> and he said, I'm not the fag fag, which is just the greatest comeback <laughs> of all time. And my dad was next to me, and he leaned in, and he goes, he's got you there. Uh, but I, I love, I love Phelps, and I think he's so funny. I did a, a, I don't know if you, I don't know if you were, yeah, you were in New York. I did but a one see, man show mis- about that's Fred mission Phelps. fail. With me, it was mission successful. God yeah. hates fags, and I go. Argh. But see how but he does take... that to you, and you go, ah, ha ha, what a sad man. How could you take? One of my fa- so I did a one man show about Fred, yeah, I and remember. I took all of these clips from his sermons. I listened to like thirty of his sermons. Um. And at the beginning of the the show, I would I would sort of clarify terminology, and it's like, how do you take someone seriously if they've coined the term? One of my favorites was "fag enabler," uh, which was anyone, as I defined it, anyone who didn't actively kill gay people. And so everyone in the world was a fag enabler. And I listened to, like I said, thirty sermons. So he literally at one point he actually referred. He saw a turkey on the road, and he, he said it was kind of faggy looking. So like he's crazy. <laughs> Like, he's just crazy. But what I also love about Fred is he's just this brilliant, classic, dichotomous person because he was this incredibly <laughs> outspoken civil rights uh, attorney. He was in Kansas. In, Wait, he was fighting for people's civil rights? He's still uh, – I shouldn't say still, but he was – in some of the sermons that I listened to, he still says there is nothing in the Bible that says anything about race. Anyone who's ever been used the Bible to be racist is out of their minds. He was one of uh, 
he took a, a civil rights case before the Kansas Supreme Court. I think this was in the 70s. He was the only white lawyer in the state of Kansas that was willing to take on this case. Uh, he was I- I- incredibly progressive when it came to civil rights but has always been a lunatic about gay rights. And I just think it's so amazing. Also, this was another really cool thing. I uh, uh, He had a Supreme Court case uh, a couple of years ago, I think 2010, because someone sued him mm-hmm. uh, for protesting their, their funeral and this whole thing. And I, I, I really love the Supreme Court, and I listen to the arguments once in a while if it's kind of interesting. And his one of his daughters argued before the Supreme Court, and I've probably listened to maybe fifteen total of these cases, or mm-hmm. just you know stuff, Supreme Court stuff. And she was absolutely the most eloquent and inf- and um, inf- what's not. Um, she's, she was the most eloquent lawyer I've ever heard before mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. She didn't miss a beat, and it's like, you know, it's essentially uh, Clarence Thomas doesn't ask questions, but it's essentially eight brilliant people. Asking you questions constantly, and they cut you off, and they, you know, they berate an argument. They they disagree. They hmm. they give you scenarios that you can agree or disagree with, and they kind of set traps. I mean, it's really I can't imagine how difficult it is. And uh, you know, she still made some mistakes, but I think largely her argument was fair, which is it was a freedom of freedom of speech thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she was just just untouchable. Hmm. Almost every question she had an immediate answer to. I was so blown away. So I just think there. I think it's impressive of you to be able to do. So you're listening to these Fred Phelps sermons even for your show, and you weren't like enraged. You were I able wasn't to take enraged yourself out at of all. Them. See, but at the same time, I think Sarah Palin or like uh, you know a Republican that's still like like there was a the guy running for a Republican in Virginia was trying to to get sodomy laws back on the book hmm. on the books, mm-hmm. and that like that. Like will send me into a – I won't be able to see straight. I get so angry. Hmm. But Fred Phelps is just like a cartoon. He's a joke. Uh, so I just love – He's a cartoon. He is. But he is. He's such a, he's such a joke. How could – I just can't imagine taking him seriously. I, I, that's the perfect remedy. That's the <laughs> antidote to yeah. him. Because, yeah. I, again, I, I can't say it enough. I watched that movie about him and the whole time I yeah. was like, wouldn't be so bad if a tornado just – Kind of erased this group. And also I have fantasies about rescuing one of them, like the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And being like, let's get out of here. But I mean like, of course, like why am I afraid of this group? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I actually don't wish death on anyone, of of course. course. But I'm just kind of like it upsets me so much that in those moments I have those fantasies. I also had sort of a weird moment when I uh, when I was doing the one uh, the one man show. I was I toured it with UCB, and occasionally I would try to get gay blogs to like give a little bit of uh, uh, attention to it. And obviously, because the name of the show was Fag Life: A Conversation with Fred Phelps, so I would mm-hmm. always explain exactly what it was. And especially if it was just like a regular blog, I would just like explain. That I'm a, a very pro gay, you know, rights person. Sure. Uh, and not a single gay blog at any point did anything for it. However, Why? Fred Phelps did, uh, and I got more. I got more. F- uh, I got more traction from GodHatesFags.com than any gay blog. What happened? Because they just they just wouldn't they they either wouldn't write back or they just ignored it. And so I was always a little bitter that it was like this is this is. The- I don't understand. How did that help you? You wanted them. Did they write about it? No, not a single gay blog gave any attention to. But it. But what did God hates point. fags do for it? Uh, they found out about this show and uh, they linked to my YouTube page. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, which I, I thought was amazing. 
And did you got you got noticeable traction? Did that pick up the show at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, when I toured it, it, it helped a little bit. Uh, That's wild. But uh, yeah, I, I I just thought that was kind of funny that like do you think, Fred Phelps helped me more? Do you think you succeeded in changing people's minds from enraged, which I think is the default? To laugh at this clown man? Well, I, I would, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Uh, I, that was I, the goal of the I, show? I will say, no, I just thought it was really funny. I just uh-huh. think he's hilarious. Uh, and I just loved, I just loved using his quotes. Right. Uh, but but I, see here, that's, that's our interpretation differently. I'm looking at it as your ministry changing hearts and helping people yeah. salve rage and replace it with uh, yeah. curious ridicule. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it was just really funny. Uh, it was which so is fine. Much fun. You're right, too. Uh, but yeah, I, I did I, once in a while. People would say I, I, they were how much more like relieved they were after, uh, after right. the show. That was, I guess, that was nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now we're cooking. <laughs> so, um, okay, I don't want to cut you off if you have more about the show. I was no, I'm good. I'm good. Question. I'm good. No, please. Do you struggle with any self-hating, self-homophobia? Oh, constantly. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't. Uh, I mean, I think for me, it's just bitter. I, I've always felt like I've never really fit in with the gay community, and it does feel sort of like high school sometimes. Uh, this is one of my favorite. Well, there's certainly examples. the cool kids, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, there's definitely cool kids. The cool kids, the super hot kids, yeah, absolutely, the older guys, yeah. And you're going to get that at any bar. I'm not saying sure. anything about the L- I mean, the, the gay community as a whole. It's just this is my experience, mm-hmm. and so. I well, I think the classic example is I early on in the in the movement I went to one of the Chick Fil A protests, <laughs> and uh, there were four people there, and I kind of went just because I I thought it'd be fun it would be like a social experience, and so I went Get to the some protest. Sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, well I went to the protest and I. Uh, uh, I thought I hit it off with this one guy, and I was like, you know, afterwards, I'm like, good for you, Brent. That's that's you know, you're getting out there, you're meeting people, you know. That was just, this was a Friday, and I because I, I hit it off with him, I decided to go back the next day on a Saturday, and I showed up the next day, and uh, it took about 30 minutes, but I noticed that all four guys who were there again were wearing the same clothing as the day before. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly dawned on me that they had all had an orgy and I was the only one who wasn't invited. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I literally broke through the picket line and I got Chick-fil-A for lunch just to spite them because <laughs> I was you, so oh irritated. Oh, my God. And that, like, to me, just, like, summarizes, like, have always felt just, like, ostracized. Uh-huh. Uh, in, but you don't have community. any ethical problem with yourself. Absolutely not. Okay, yeah, that's, no, that, not I'm happy least. to hear that. When you said yes, I was worried that you were going around. Oh no, 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 no! Beating no, yourself no. up. You just feel excluded. Just like I think we all. Do. I, you know, I'm 34 years old, and just for the first time, I've kind of started to put my finger on like, oh, this is how like people meet each other. This is how people like go on dates and yeah. stuff. It took a long time, and for a long time, I was blowing out of proportion the feeling of being left out. Yeah. When really. John Hodgman said beautifully, he's like, I always have this feeling that there are normal people and I'm abnormal and the normal people are having better parties than me and yeah. feeling happier than me. <laughs> it's and very it, eloquent. Isn't that right? And yeah. then it turns out that like everybody is somebody at a gym wondering if that guy's going to talk to him or is some guy at a gym wondering if you should talk to that person. Every, I mean, it just, it's, the older I get, the more I realize every single person is insecure. Right. I mean, how, how could, and how if could you're you not, not then you're mentally. Right. And you're just Ill. not playing. You're not playing th- with the same deck. You're not playing with you're the same deck. You're a different person, and, a, and you're not worth my time. It, it, it is impossible to not be insecure once in a while, if not. Common. But that's a beautiful thing, and that is one of my big spiritual beliefs. Or it's just a, a philosophical, phil- philosophical. Yeah. I've been grasping at words this episode. <laughs> philosophical beliefs is the idea that we're all 
connected. Yeah. Whether or not that's spiritual, it doesn't matter. It's just like I walk into a place Mm -hmm. and often, even if I'm feeling confident that day or or feeling low that day, will feel similarly to you walking into a place. Sure. You walk into the post office and you're like, what if I get in the wrong line? Yeah. Or what if the guy in front of me is a jerk? Yeah. Or what if I forget my wallet? Or what if I'm in in college and I forgot to study for that final? Right. It's the same stuff. We're yeah. all doing the same stuff. We're all bombarded with the same lights, ca- sounds, colors. We have a certain amount of communal experience. <clears throat> Isn't it sad? Like my brother just had a baby and I see how much uh, – I'm sorry. His wife had a baby. Uh, and I see how much like love and attention they're putting into this kid and all you can think about doing is like somehow you know, just protecting it its whole life. Mm-hmm. And But then there comes that point where – you're like that's, but that's everyone. That's and I literally my default is to dislike people. Like I right. don't know, meet someone. At they a, were all babies at a bar at a party. They were all babies, uh, probably all of them loved by someone and and their yes. parents or whoever. Right. It, it, or, let's assume so, that a good number of them had two parents that looked at them in a cradle yes. and were like, "I wish I could put yes. a, a force field around right. this thing." Absolutely. And there he is in, at the airport, and it's so precious. And, and you hate him. And and yeah, to to think of anyone teasing my my nephew like makes me like angry. Yeah. Like to to think like what if he's like just one of these like dorks like who right. gets like teased a lot. I'll kill everyone. Yeah. To protect him. Right. And he's just my nephew. Uh, but then it's like – then I, I see like some of my best friends and all we do is like rag on shitty comics or something. Right. Or like – or just – you know, you go to the gym and you're like, oh, what's this fucking that, guy doing? That's what it is. It's uh, – whether or not it's spiritual or philosophical, it's a remembrance that we're all together. Yeah. That we're all in it together. Yeah. And I've done the baby one. I've been like – you have an argument with someone, picture them as a baby. Yes. It, it does help a I picture bit. their moms for some reason. Yeah. I can't – uh, and then I, I bring the mom yeah, in. I'm uh, like, I'm yeah. picturing your stupid, <laughs> ugly mom right now. No, I, All right. Picture how sad the mom would be if she heard me saying these things about her kid. Right. And that just like crushes. Sometimes I'll, I'll do like a 180 almost immediately. When I get like my angriest, yeah. I'll, I'll be going through the motions of fighting someone or getting angry or, or telling someone that the, they're the worst person I've ever met. Right. Or I hope they die. Right. And then I, I'll put like their mom in the place and then I'll be like on the verge of tears because I go. feel so bad. But isn't, I think that's the truth. Yeah. I think that's the truth is the picturing the mom, taking that moment to picture the mom. Uh, I told the story and it wasn't good the first time I told it. It was on an episode uh, probably come out before this i don't know i mm-hmm. really love this one brent i might <laughs> push it up but the idea is somebody cut me at the airport somebody cut me in line at the airport and for some reason i blame not jerking it actually i don't <laughs> i don't i don't blame not jerking it but i mean i do have more testosterone sure. than my blood and i'm just kind of like hey yeah I, I i didn't even say hey i just yeah. went really like a real piece of shit so <laughs> i'm not proud of myself in this story and me and this guy kind of had words because he did not just back it down, yeah. which I would have and be yeah. like, sorry, I shouldn't have cut you. But he would right. like pushed back. And then I look down and he has this like seven, eight-year-old girl with him. Yeah. And then she's kind of watching. Yeah. And then I'm like, from her perspective and maybe in reality, I'm the jerk who didn't just let it go. Yeah. And I'm not providing an example of goodness for her. Yeah. And she can feel it like an animal. She can feel that yeah. her fucking weird maybe day drunk uncle is like – getting in some shit yeah god we're all feeling down now that's that's like a it's a hard it's like a yeah. hard story because yeah. uh because it's true yeah and I, I i'm really passive in the car because i mean i get very angry but i just know i'm not a fighter yeah and if if I, I think if i let myself go i can get myself to that point but i have no capacity to defend myself under yeah. any circumstances yeah, 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 yeah. so like i know to like kind of dial it back if yeah. i really if i really become furious but to think that like yeah you just 
yelled at. Do you feel bad about it, or do you? Oh yeah, yeah. I do feel bad about it, and I, I still think about it. Yeah, and but same same. How long thing. ago was this? It was a week ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like three years ago. No, 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 no. I'll erase it at some point. <laughs> yeah. But like the, when those things, when those real life opportunities to either like transcend or, or just go in. But then like in the moment, my brain was going, don't be a pushover. Yeah. Stick up for yourself. Yeah. Yep. This guy cut you. Yep. He shouldn't cut you. Yeah. But like I, because I spent, I've spent most of my entire life Letting people cut me. You know, I I do that. I do the same thing where I I think at this point in my life, it's like, you know, know know when to defend yourself and under what circumstances. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes you you do have to. You just kind of have to do that, even though if you think you're going to get the shit. I like. I remember. Uh, there was I sort of witnessed this bizarre fight on the subway that I, sort of like. You know, this, this dude punched this other guy twice, and I stood between them. Oh, really? And yeah, and it wasn't like it, this isn't like a you know it wasn't like a hardcore fight. Right. This wasn't going to be like someone was going to get the shit kicked out of him. But right. it just seemed unnecessary, and there were enough people around that I'm like, I can do this without without wow. dying. It's one of my fears uh, is seeing a fight, and what would I do? Well, it is it, it was mine, but it's sort of. I also will say the aggressor was was a gay guy, so yeah. I sort of felt like it was my role. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> I also not to stereotype. I just was like, if he's a gay guy, he doesn't have like a fucking gun in his pocket. You know, right, he's not gonna. I mean, however, I wasn't paying attention, and a stop later, I got off the train and didn't notice he got off at the same stop. Oh, and then le- while leaving, uh, the f- the puncher did the punchy stay the, on I'm the sorry, train. Sorry, the aggressor got off at the same stop. What happened to the guy that got punched? Uh, he stayed on. Uh huh. Then as we were leaving the station, he grabbed my hoodie right as I was getting to the top of the stairs and pulled me to the ground. Whoa! And it was like, and this, this he was so much, so much like stronger than me. But all I could do, I just stood up and I just got in his face. And I'm I'm not an intimidating guy. I just and I just was like, all right, you have to get in his face when he punches you fucking out. And uh, but it worked, and he just walked away. You got in his face. What did I that just look told him like? to, to get the fuck out of out of my face, even though I got in his face. Uh, that's what it the guy sort of, in line, yeah, yeah. he used the line, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, and right. I was like, you're in my face. Yeah, you just like, got in my <laughs> face. I'm in your face now. You're in my face. Yeah, yeah. but of course, it was a, I mean, it was horrifying. And of course, I immediately called the police because I'm like a total pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you reported him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but re- I mean, they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, sure. It was, like, I mean, it wasn't that, it wasn't like, it was barely, I mean, it wasn't even an assault. It was like, yeah. he was just a fucking idiot. He just pulled you down. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that shit so much. Well, let's end on a lighter note. <laughs> what, you you have notes, too. You're the first guest that's ever taken notes. If you want to bring up any of those things on your notes, we oh, can, yeah. or I can ask you some of the last questions. Well, go ahead. Why don't you go? All right. Um, uh, all of my paper says is drink, uh, drink, jerking <laughs> off, loved childhood. You had a good childhood. Bannigan's. Thought in car coincidence, <laughs> U- UTI, right, <laughs> and uh, your brain on porn. How's that UTI going? <laughs> uh, I have, uh, yeah, I, I had, a, I think I had a UTI, and uh, it's going. I mean, I'm, I'm on antibiotics, so I can't drink. But let me actually ask you uh, sure. a question. You were talking about polyamory, yeah, earlier. Are you, so what are lot. you? What are, are you into? It is that like your thing? No, I mean, like, I say no because I'm. The poster boy for being raised with puritanical values and, right. be- and belief in uh, monogamy, big time. But uh, what I'm interested in, and what I'll always be interested in, yeah. is anything that people kind of that seems appealing on one level, and then most people don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, like it's just like a knee jerk sort of like, well, yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, 
Uh, so that's why I like reading books written by people who are like, this has worked for me. And I'm also interested by my own aversion. I want to diagnose, map out where yeah. I flare up. When I hear people talking sex positive and I hear them talking about liking sex just for pleasure and pleasure being a good thing and sex yeah. being a good thing, and I feel the voice of my father and my mother in my belly, right. who did teach me a little bit of sex negativity – I want to know what my sensitive points are. I want to know how I even hate myself for my heterosexual urges, going back to the waitress. Mm-hmm. Often the moment I uh, come, it'll be a weird moment in sex. It can be a weird moment where like it's out of you now yeah. and you have to deal with what you've just done. Yeah. And I don't like that. I, if I'm learning anything from reading, reading The Ethical Slut – is that it's a, it's a lot about a topic that I love a lot, which is self-love, which is being yeah. like, I like fucking – this person likes fucking. Let's yeah. be fucking. Yeah, let's let's do it. And I'm also open to the possibility. Like I think I have an opportunity as a single man mm-hmm. to potentially be the architect of an interesting life and perhaps mm-hmm. make a run at the best life ever. <laughs> Is it? I honestly do. Yeah. Is it something to consider that you would have a primary partner? And you wouldn't be in the way of them fucking other people, which strangely in, in the in relationships that I've had where I know they're seeing other people, yeah. I've been strangely cool with it. Really? See, yeah. I, I'm so jealous. Yeah. And I've thought about it before. I just don't think I could under any circumstances be okay with someone who uh, – and again, my heart is too cold but, for this. But, but this someone is, who I love yeah. being with other people, even though I think – I think it's required to to be with someone for 20, 30 years. I'm quoting a gay man that I know. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, what women don't understand is I can, and he was more graphic than I'm going to be, I can go to the supermarket and meet a cute checkout uh, guy, fuck his face, and then go home to my husband and completely forget about it. He was making the argument that that's kind of in men's DNA. And he he was making the argument super dupes in gay DNA. Like they just understand that sort of thing. See, I disagree. I think it's a male thing and with – and I think – not to stereotype, but I do think women women tend to keep keep it in check. Yeah. But yeah, I I do sort of hate it. I've I've always rebelled against the idea that like gay men are – Profoundly more promiscuous or yeah. like capable, yeah. and uh, and th- yeah, it's it's almost like there's a sense of like I have friends who who are like so, you know, when you go to a bar, like you get laid every time, right? Right. No. Right. Absolutely. And and if anyone has ever said that, I, I don't care who they are, they're crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've I've had I'm guilty of gorgeous friends thought. who've gone to bars and and not you know not had not been hit on or not gone home with someone. It's well, just it's well, crazy. Well, when you said I, I take the bus to the bar, there's my son Gil. Hi, Gil. <laughs> uh, take the bus to the bar and then take a cab home. I'm like, <laughs> you mean take a guy's cock home? <laughs> like I don't understand. Like I'm right. sitting here having those thoughts. So I'm glad that you're shedding some light on that. I because remember, I intellectually I know that can't be true. I remember once having this discussion. I was in a bar and I was with a friend and a, and a, his friend was around. So I met this this third person, and I was like, you know, I just explained what I just said to you—a very basic, simple fact, which is I don't get laid every time I go out to mm-hmm, a bar. I mm-hmm. just don't. I'm surely no model, but uh, I—that's not my reality. Some people and this just guy, see you through the iPhone lens, <laughs> and some people see you as you really are. And uh, and this guy also, you know, average-looking, you know, good-looking guy, but like surely go. not a model. Uh, and uh, he was appalled. Yeah. He was almost angry at me. Yeah. He literally he goes, "You're not doing it right. You're going to the wrong places. You don't know how to talk to me." It was almost Wait, he's he was, a gay man as well. He was a gay man as well and he was angry 
that I wasn't getting laid more. Hmm. And uh, and it was sort of an interesting experience because I call it uh, just just you know just a, by sheer coincidence. The next day, I was at another bar and I saw him. I saw him come in. He was alone, and I saw that he sat alone, which is totally fine, of course. And then maybe stayed forty five minutes and left. Hmm. But it was amazing that I got to experience what I had told him the day before. Yeah, I watched yeah, yeah. him walk into a bar. It's like your model story. Yeah. yeah. He walked into a bar. He didn't talk to anyone. Totally fine. And he left. Yeah. That's a perfectly reasonable evening. Yeah. But like he was angry the night before that I think sometimes. Maybe he's mad at himself. Yeah. I, I mean, think sometimes there's like this like you get your identity from fucking. And so yeah. if you're not doing it constantly, then like what, what, what's the point? I Fucking is weird for me because I go through phases where I'm obsessed and mm-hmm. that's all that I want to do. And it's all it, – it, those are usually good times in my life. Yeah. I'm feeling connected and alive yeah. and I'm just like – and I want to share the gospel. Right, right. And then there are times <laughs> where I'm just a little bit lower or maybe a little bit more depressed and I'm just kind of like – I don't want to minister to ladies. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, when things are good and, and fucking is happening, it's a wonderful thing. I, when it comes to polyamory, and I'm glad you brought it back up, yeah. I, I have no idea. I wonder, the experiment in my mind is I wonder if you can love more than one person at a time. Yeah. It, like emotionally, physically, and just be like, this is this and this is that. Yeah. Everyone says, knee jerk, no, that's disgusting, get right. out of the way. And then I go, you've only made me more interested. <laughs> All I, because we do have the intel on monogamy. Usually, when I when I date people, we talk about our parents and if they're still together, and mine are still together, mm-hmm. and we talk about how they're just kind of like old friends who like call the other like a pain. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the old ball and chain sort of thing. Right. I, I think my parents still sleep together, but I, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. Um. They cer- they certainly aren't like. The best yeah. friend, yeah. you know what I mean. They're still together because that's what you do. But I'm like, I always go to this example with homosexuality. Often this comes up. I'm sure. like, what if the president was bisexual? What if that was like the coolest thing you could be? I'm like, I think we'd see a lot more bisexual people if movies were all about Arnold Schwarzenegger, the bisexual action hero, sure. just like plowing dudes, plowing girls, and everyone's like, bye, bye, bye. I think we'd be able to influence the cultural consciousness to more bisexual. Similarly, if Obama had Michelle and he's like, this is my primary and this is my piece because yeah. like, I also like uh, Chinese girls with thick ass, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And Michelle. And uh, Michelle doesn't like to go uh, to ball games with me, <laughs> but fucking thick ass girl, she <laughs> loves it. She goes and takes two seats. It's amazing. Right. So... <clears throat> I'm just interested in what information are we just swallowing? What are we taking? How are we programmed? I'm I remember learning, uh, you know, the Kinsey report that uh, that you know the, the groundbreaking you know interview of what tens of thousands of people that sure. Kinsey did you know in the '60s. It found, I think, I remember it was I think a third of people had had some sort of homosexual interaction. Is that right? Yeah, it was a huge number, which obviously is not to suggest that a third of people are gay by any means. Sure, but I am amazed how frequently uh, I was at a party recently. Uh, and yeah, someone someone just brought up very casually, like, yeah, I used to uh, I'd blow my friend. I was like, yeah, oh, right. yeah he's, sure. he's married to a girl now, and it was uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting. I think right. you're absolutely right. I think if you saw it more, it would be more common. And absolutely, and, and, and I think that's actually where the fear of your Phelpses comes in, and your fear of your Falwells come in because they know that the the cultural landscape informs some of these choices. Yeah. I'm not saying that makes them right. I'm certainly not saying that makes them right. right. In fact. <sighs> I just find mm-hmm. when you push a guy, it's no surprise. He loves his wife. Yeah. And if his wife was like, sweetheart, I love you to death. I'd love for you to fuck Janet. 
In fact, it would excite me yeah. that I could enable you to be that person. Yeah. That would be like, I know who I am and I love you and I trust you. And I know you fucking love Janet in her jiggly one piece. <laughs> go fuck Janet. Right. And I'm going to fuck Steve. See, I think it has to go both ways. It can't be the ultimate dude fantasy of, and I'll fuck girls with you as well. Right. And I'm going to fuck Steve because Steve and I have this connection. I'm, I'm, I haven't even ever listened to Dan Savage, but he talks about the new relationship <laughs> energy. You've never listened to it, but he, this is what he talks about. But this is what somebody else yeah, has told yeah, me. Right. New relationship energy, that, that excitement when you're with somebody for the first time and you realize you're hitting yeah. it off and you see them naked for the first time and you yeah, fuck for the like first insane, time. Yeah. It's it's oxygen in your blood. It's life. It's vivid. It's colorful. It's interesting. So you meet somebody and you get into this euphoria and you're out of your mind in love and you're just insane. Yeah. One of the assumptions is, therefore, if you want to fuck somebody else, it's not real. You can't possibly love them. But I don't understand. Different people are different things. Yeah. You're a big booby blonde and you're a, a more athletic build brunette. Yeah. And I'm attracted to both of you. Right. And I'm attracted to this one and this one. And fuck physicality. Maybe I'm just attracted to their essence. Yeah. This, I know, is true. That's why I'm interested in it. I know it's true that you find the most in love person in the fucking world. And if he's like, I don't see other women, then it's because he's conditioned himself. And if the president was doing it, and if your wife encouraged it, and if you had some sort of talk about it, you were like, why? Let's say we're dating. Yeah. Why would I want to be the thing that's in the way of you feeling the way we felt when we first met? Wouldn't that only make you like me more? I don't know. This is the experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- I don't know. I, I also actually had a different experience. My parents are very in love. Yep. And very close knit, which I I always describe as sort of a weird burden because like seeing them together. I mean, they really. I feel like they really are soulmates, mm. and it's kind of hard. Because you have this idea that you you know if you're going to get married you have to be with someone who's like, like your that. unequivocal soulmate yeah who you could never conceivably be with anyone else yeah and if you told me that my dad cheated on my mom it would it would be more ground shattering than aliens land really it would it would blow my it would just totally rock my world so I think I just grew up with this like you know, albeit liberal, but I think sexually conservative, mm. you know, idea that like, you know, this is, you just have one person, then you settle down and that's it. Mm. If you well, choose to get that person. Okay. So now let's talk to the other side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who's, who's buying the ticket to the show of true love? Me. Yeah. I'm first in line. <laughs> I want kissing in the rain and I want, you're my only one and only and all that sort of do stuff. You, so yeah. Do you, do you want to be single for a while or, or I or do. You? I would like to maintain being single just because I'm enjoying what that's doing for me. Productivity wise, yeah. uh, f- figuring out myself wise, right. defining myself. I'm really doing what I've always vowed I would do when I was single, when I was in bad relationships. I'm like, please future single Pete, Remember me yeah. and, and live. And I'm not even talking about getting it wet. I'm talking about just being himself and, and yeah. being no one's being, – being just your own master, just going right. around and doing whatever the fuck you want. And I love that. And I am doing that and I, I, and I really enjoy that. But uh, I'm wondering you know, how much I'm judging uh, – I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of done talking about it. <laughs> Sorry. You know what I mean? But uh, to, the, to the point of like when I hear soulmate stories, when I hear people – who one of them passes and the other one dies of a broken heart like a week later yeah. or some shit. Yes, I'm not a monster. <laughs> and yes, I'm uncomfortable right. with the thought of your parents who you just brought up cheating on each other. Yeah. But I'm also completely <clears> – what is it that creates such a bad taste in my mouth when I think of the open button-down shirt swinger asshole who's old <laughs> and he loves Carol, his stupid fucking wife, but he's also fucking Judy. And I'm just like, that's inappropriate. Yeah. 
I believe me, I don't need any help yeah. being traditional. Yeah. I don't need any help. But I'd like to pour some acid on those thoughts and see what dissolves away and what stays. Yeah. 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 Uh... It's there are there have been so many politicians who've done it that it's especially recently or celebrities or whatever that there comes a point where it's like instead of being outraged why why don't we just finally begin to accept that this is this is sort of an inevitability what is uh, that people I'm sorry people cheat on their spouses yeah that you know there's how many 550 but that's know, politicians another... in Washington directly elected by the people like that's a I mean I bet. A huge. I mean, what is it? One one person in every two couples cheats on their spouse. Really? And it's a huge number. So okay. So when Clinton was fucking around, mm-hmm. I remember an overwhelming number of people being like, "Yeah, he's the president. He should be fucking around. He, yeah, what else are you gonna do? He's yeah. a busy guy. Gonna get some fucking blowjobs. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We all understood. But we another thing that the book brings up is that like cheating on somebody has just become the worst thing. That can happen. Yeah. I'll tell you something that I haven't uh, told people is the idea that when my wife uh, cheated on me, that's how my marriage ended. Right. I remember pretty quickly grasping the idea and having thoughts of, and this makes me sound like like a like a like a coward or like a weak person. But I remember being like, "Well, I hope I hope it was good. It was probably pretty exciting." Already wow. beginning to empathize with the idea that yeah. it must have been pretty wonderful to yeah. be doing this like weird affair thing. Uh, maybe you were jealous. What's that? Maybe you were jealous. Yeah, maybe. But that's the thing is, and I was also constantly masturbating and neutering myself. <laughs> and like, and I think we do that stuff. I think we we shovel sand on our urges and stuff. Yeah. But also, I mean, going back to sometimes sex not making sense. When I think of polyamory, or when I think of people that are monogamish, the reason it appeals to me isn't because I can't stop fucking things. I've never cheated. Right. To be honest, I've never wanted to cheat. Right. In fact, one time I was dating a girl and we hadn't even slept together. We'd only gone out two, three times. I was already committed to her. Yeah. Something came up that wow. I was like, oh, so I can have sex. Quick. And I was, I'm quick to commit. But I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I, don't, I, I need to – what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'm jealous. I it's think, not. But I, oh, sorry to put a pin in the point. Yeah. Is it's not so I can just fuck a bunch. It's so that my mind can be free and unburdened, and and just not buy into this fucking flawed European inherited bullshit system marriage that used to be like let's merge families because if we don't, yep. we won't be able to harvest we'll enough die. and we'll die. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. You don't need to be a non-romantic. I love your parents. I love Kirk Fox's <laughs> parents. We've right. been hearing a lot of romantic stories, but I'm like. What the fuck? I yeah. don't understand. You're in a great – I actually am jealous because you're in a great place because you have more control than I do. And it sounds like you're you're more open and honest uh, with your sexuality than I am. And so it's – I mean I'm just – I just think it's great. Like you're able to t- – I mean literally I'm jealous that you can go 12 days without masturbating and looking at porn. Really? I, yeah, absolutely. I can barely make it. Nine days was the worst nine days. Uh. And recently the recent records went been I think four. Really? So, like, I think it's great, and I think you're, you know, well, you're coming out right. <laughs> I, 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 I'm supposed to make you feel good on this show. Well, I think you're wonderful. Let's let's oh, let's you. wrap it up with a couple quick ones. This has been awesome. I want you to thank know you that. so much for having me, Pete. I appreciate it. Let's just put a pin in God. I think we kind of talked about it. <laughs> atheist. Yeah. Yeah. To right. quote Tig, you're a gatheist. That's, that's a, <laughs> sure. That's there a you go. Atheist. <laughs> uh, dead over. No afterlife. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't believe in it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it would be nice if I don't uh, go to hell, but uh, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Sure, but it's not something that takes up much of your mental uh, no, ability. No, not at all. But you do believe in loving your neighbor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. yeah. You don't need some sort of code. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're freestyling. I, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Pretty. Uh, pretty. I guess a pretty decent person, at least to kids. I'm very good to like young kids and animals and animals. Yeah. Yeah. The things that everybody loves. You mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love that answer, and that's fine. We we covered God a lot. Uh, do you remember the hardest time you've laughed, or one of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do. I actually do. I tell us on stage sometimes. Uh, the first memory I have of laughing, we had a babysitter over at our house. I was five years old. And I just like hated her face. Like I hated this woman's face. <laughs> and we didn't get along. And weirdly enough, she hated me uh, even though I was five. It's she like, had iPhone hate, Yeah, how do you hate a yeah. five-year-old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember we were playing a game of checkers and I was losing. Uh, and so true to form, actually to this day, I just knocked the game board onto the ground. Mm. Uh, mm. And she sent me to my room. But before I went up, I took this all brown dish rag that we had in the kitchen. I threw it over her face and I said, diarrhea. And that was literally the hardest I had ever laughed in my entire life. I went up to my room crying with laughter, which I had never done because I hadn't laughed that hard. Um, and, you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And declared after it wetly hit her face, yep. diarrhea. diarrhea. And you and hated I just, her face. I remember struggling to breathe for minutes. Oh. Because I was laughing. So oh, hard. she didn't laugh? I don't think she laughed. <laughs> I don't think she was a fan. <laughs> well, this was, a fan. this was tremendous. Thanks for having me, Pete. I hey. love you. I love you as well. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Would you say, keep it crispy? It's how we end the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> First keep of all, it crispy. Yes. Oh, no, no, do it clean. I'm sorry I was talking. Uh, uh, keep it crispy. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I don't know why I can't no, say this. But... You did it. You <laughs> said it. And I will. Okay. Thank you, Brent sorry, James. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. All right. So crispy. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 